0: What up, party people? It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 80 of the No Mercy podcast. Conspiracy episode 12. Throwing you guys a little bit of a curveball on this episode, no pun intended. And we're going into the sports genre for this one. So no satanic worship, pedophilia, Clinton, Epstein, moon landing, 9-11 stuff. We're going to talk some sports conspiracy theories. We'll do a bunch of these. This is just the first one. We started with some of the biggest ones, uh, mostly NBA-oriented, the 85 draft. Uh, We talked about Tim Donahue and the fixing of games. There's a nugget in there that you're going to be shocked with when we start talking about that. Uh, Did talk about Ali and Liston, but the main thing on the podcast is why did Michael Jordan retire for two years out of nowhere in the middle of the fucking reign of terror that he was unleashing on the NBA to go play baseball? Uh, Those of you that are too young to remember, we lived through it. Anyone over 40 will tell you he did not retire to play baseball. He retired for other reasons. His dad was not carjacked on the side of the road. He died for other reasons. And on this podcast, we will give you the information that you need to present this same case to your millennial friends and inform them why Michael Jordan retired. Without further ado, hit it, Miyagi.
1: Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy.
0: What up? Let's get weird. It's your boy Tommy G here with episode eighty of the No Mercy Podcast. Episode 12 of the Conspiracy Editions. This is going to be a fun one, ladies and gentlemen. We have uh, brought back someone from the dead. I won't mention him first. I'm actually going to mention the bod first. Bod, you lost your cleanup role because we have a special guest. So you are now the first person to be announced on this podcast.
2: The fuck's up, son? I will accept it because Mad Lab is my partner. Oh, well, you
0: just spoiled it for everyone. Oh, shit. well,
2: well, well, motherfuckers. <laughs> look who's back. <laughs>
0: So the Mad Lab is back joining us on the No Mercy podcast. For those of you uh, who are new to the podcast and don't remember the Mad Lab and the Bod. And there was another guy who was on here with us. What was his name, Kurt, that used to do uh,
2: it? My God. We still get tweets. I'm not listening till Rob's on. and I haven't seen Jim in a while, though. I don't know if Jim still listens.
0: That's never, I've never seen that tweet ever once. I'm there was
2: one yesterday that someone said they will not listen till the goat comes back and did hashtag her at. The alcoholic. Well, uh, Mad Lab, I think you're the goat.
3: I am the fucking goat of this
0: show, son. Rob. Rob. When have you ever seen a tweet? Someone saying we need more <laughs> Rob.
3: <laughs> like I have you... seen a lot of tweets calling
0: for the Mad see? Lab. No. I have. I've seen a lot of Mad... We have some Mad Lab accomplish that, uh, that we're setting up to pre-show. is hysterical. I want to see if I can rip audio of the, of the pre-show. Cause I think I might've been recording it on my laptop. So it might be shitty, but, uh, for those of you that don 't know things Madlab can accomplish Madlab is the single most uh i don 't want to say arrogant it 's confident, it's, confident. It's, yeah, no it 's not confidence because confidence like it 's delusion for sure <laughs> like it 's some level of like confident delusion i, I don 't know where it 's not arrogant though it 's because you 're not like cocky you just really because you really believe you could do all these things so we 've done it before with Mad Lab where he said he could out-guitar, out-electric guitar, the whole lower bowl of Yankee Stadium. Like, Truth. literally, like, 30,000 people. Um, Truth. He said he could beat everyone in Yankee Stadium in pool, best of three. Truth. Um, he said he can hit a home run off Tanaka to right Truth. center at Yankee <laughs> Stadium. Keep in mind, Mad 42 years old, and he struggles to get off my couch. So, <laughs> yeah. But he, he talks about his... His glorious days of yore, right? Mad Lab, weren'ts? What were you, a champion, a three point champion or I was something? a
3: champion, bro. You go into my fucking trophy room, dude. You'll fucking see shit in sports. I, I'll beat anybody in fucking pickleball. You name it, Pickle I'll win.
2: <laughs> Which trophy are you most proud of?
3: Uh, the most. Uh, so when I was uh, a senior in high school, when they we had a, a football coach who uh, died of cancer, and that year they had a outstanding athlete scholarship award for him. And I they gave that to me. So they had like this big speech. Nobody knew they were even doing the the, the, the uh the whole thing during the graduation ceremony and they had this uh Eddie Burkout um scholarship award, outstanding athlete award. So, so just
2: so. overall just athleticism?
3: It just yeah, like the you know oh, the okay. athlete award. Just yeah, just best at
0: everything. everything. Like it was just best at everything. You were like, just <laughs> like they were <laughs> like Supreme his kid's athlete. so fucking good at everything. We need to make up a scholarship and award for him. <laughs>
3: dude, I was fucking dude. I was fucking name it ca- after. I was bags. captain of gym class, dude. I was captain. captain of everything. You class. were captain of gym class. <laughs> That's Not a thing. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just saying. You <laughs> what you what name. I'm, I'm saying you name class. it. I was the ca- I was captain of my fucking architecture class. I was captain of everything I was ever a part of. At some point in time. I was the captain of every team I was on. Everything. Michael Arado, gym class captain.
2: <laughs> <He's> gym. <laughs>
3: He's captain of my lunch fucking room, dude. Oh.
0: Uh, Kurt, do you believe that this kid fucking literally? We're, we're talking about uh, once I get my hip fixed at the in the new year, doing a you know joining a flag football league with all of us, right? Like me, you, Constantino, uh, fucking Rob, Lab, all of us. Do you believe that this kid's trying to tell me that he is a better wide receiver than I am and Absolutely. has better hands
2: than me?
1: Absolutely.
2: <laughs> Um, I would say I'll probably go with Madlab cuz he oh, can body sh- up. No 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 Kurt. don't just suck his dick cuz he's not Kirk can podcast. you
0: imagine Kirk can, Kurt, you, imagine, if you're can throwing, you imagine throwing
3: Tom a ball Can't even walk. Can you imagine throwing oh, a, a pass to me? you Imagine throwing a pass to me high. I just watching so lift a launch that thing 60 off your yards. Palm. And dude. then he tries to tackle me, and I just put my fucking mittens right in his face. Time out. First of all, we're
0: talking post-hip surgery. For those of you that don't know, I yeah, need Yeah, but you're
3: going to need like two well, years if just post- to rehab. If post-hip surgery, then that means we ain't having this competition until 2022. What do you mean? <laughs> I can't. You can't fucking play football like six months later? And I'll, no. And I'll, no, dude. I'd have to hip surgery. I'll be authentic on at that time, dude. I'll be yeah. on, on my fucking double ARP by the time you get Bro, does
0: Kurt, Kurt <laughs> do, we, do we not throw the football around the house 24 hours a day when we're watching UFC fights? Yeah, but what better? does that mean? Does Who, that that be Who has better hands, me or Madlab?
2: No, you ever see Mad Lab make those one-handed catches where he goes, Oh bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! my and he, favorite. Like, did nothing.
0: And he's like, you see that? You see that?
2: <laughs> yeah. He's very proud of himself when he catches a football.
0: <laughs> meanwhile, me and Kurt are just chucking it around our back with one hand. Bro, I catch it with her. my mouth.
2: Yeah, You're talking about all county right here. Mouth. Can you
3: imagine Can you imagine Tommy fucking going out for a fucking pass and just hearing my footsteps as that fucking <laughs> ball is in the air? No, I can
2: imagine him falling over and scowling in pain and just crying like a bitch. There's no <laughs> way you could play flag Tommy football. will go
3: into his closet and pull his old Nike Sharks out.
2: Out. I need a cigarette <laughs> mid route. <like> <laughs>
3: like
2: yeah, what kind shuck? of stamina are you gonna have? None. Exactly. You're gonna be a mess. It doesn't After matter. One a, you know what? I, you know this is what I would
3: do if I went one on one with him in, 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 in like routes and stuff. I would literally let him catch the first two passes, get his first downs, move Mike, the ball. Uh, here's down what we're field. gonna do. I'm gonna and fun. then all of a sudden, oh, wait! All of a sudden, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he starts losing his stuff. W- with, with, with the, the bad sudden. hip,
0: I'll fucking smoke you 20, 20 routes out of twenty.
3: Are we gonna film it? Yeah.
2: I'll when? be the quarterback. Yeah.
3: You're the bad. Hit. You got a bad hit
0: now. So we can do this. this That's week. what I'm saying. Yeah. So uh, until it goes out, until I can't walk you mind, sometimes I can't. Dude, get out I'll
3: even bag. wear my football helmet. <laughs> 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 Please wear your football helmet. <laughs> That'd be the greatest
0: thing ever. Anyway. <laughs>
3: God what were you going to say you No, go ahead. I still have
0: it uh, where are we know Lab,
2: you have fucking everything that oh, I still have mine it still has the nostalgia. mouthpiece I, on bro, it bro wait
3: till you see the stick marks on that helmet
2: oh, wait till you see my stick marks why don't we get together and compare why don't you guys sticks? stick
3: your dicks in each other's
0: ass? this fucking <laughs> helmet dick measuring contest meanwhile I got fucking I have kill marks on my
3: fucking helmet oh stop in the other room. No, you I got do I have you a got, fucking you got kill marks on your fucking head the only thing Tom <laughs>
2: cared about was wristbands and like bandanas when he played you know, yo Kurt
3: be honest did Tom? Was Tommy the dude that fucking had like he 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 like it was always a beautiful day out, It was oh. never raining. But Tommy had to have the fucking towel. Yes, yes. So, his no, nails. perfect example
2: would be Dion Sanders. Tom was like Dion. He was all pritzy. and he had perfect eye black, perfect wristbands. I mean, you it got had to it, be a dear. certain you gotta, color.
0: You got to remember the game. The only reason that we played sports in high school was to fuck cheerleaders. So you guys going out there looking know, like always, looking not like me. schleppy yeah, not me. slobs. I'm fuck. When I'm dancing in the end zone, they're like, "Look at this <laughs> fucking beautiful beast of a human." This Just unicorn, yeah. sexy to- you know what, unicorn. You know what Tommy
3: danced in the end zone? Tommy danced in the end zone in the beginning of the game when they were playing music. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Come on, first one out of the tunnel every time, baby. <laughs> he
2: skipped out of the tunnel at the at the, pe- at the pep rally. Let's go, <laughs> Let's go, boys.
0: Let's go,
1: boys.
0: Speak to Catholics. Uh, anyway, let's get to the...
2: Fucking... Hold on. Well, we, before oh, we start just... conspiracies, oh, okay. uh, Mad Lab showing up a week before co-host of the year is a little shady too. Oh, me. a little conspiracy. No, but actually,
3: death. I haven't been dead, dude. I've been on Lunch Money. I've been on... I haven't been yeah,
2: dead. Yeah, he's, he's
0: been fucking puking on Lunch Money as I eat fish heads <laughs> and fucking eyeballs. By the way, you guys need to ch- tune into the Lunch Money show if you're not. It's fucking phenomenal. We're doing a great job over there, and I'm very biased. And where but is um, over there? Over That's where I'm about to go, but nice nice tea up there, Kurt. Thank uh, you. EliteSportsBetting.com. Get over there. It's Tuesday and Thursday. I know a lot of you guys are like, oh, I don't know. I want to check it out before I buy stuff. That's fine. The show is free. It's every Tuesday and Thursday at 1 p.m. It's myself, Rob, who the three of you on Twitter keep asking for on the podcast. We do a show every <laughs> Tuesday and Thursday, so you can see him there. So it's me, Rob. We usually have Friday Paulion, who's just a fucking monster handicapper. Frank Brank, who's a originator of uh, all his lines and just up in every single sport that we have. These two guys are fucking brilliant. Me and Rob just go around talk about dicks and throw some bets around. Uh, and then we have the Mad Lab who comes on for the eating contests and fucking MMA bets. We have special guests, Healy, everyone, all throughout the week. So every Tuesday and Thursday, EliteSportsBetting.com. Write it down. It's about an hour, hour and a half show where we give out bets for all the games, every sport. If there's a sport going on, we even have Duke who comes on for soccer. If there's a sport going on, uh, we're talking about it over there. So make sure you go check that out. Plus, we have the bets that we do, Lab, where you made me eat a fucking fish eyeball on the Which fucking show the amazing. other day. Amazing. So good. I have another
3: bet lined up after Sunday for Tommy G, and we'll see if Tommy can get me to eat something, and I can puke everywhere. Yeah, so what we
0: do on the show, we make a bet on the shows, and then the because it's lunch money the loser has to go eat the thing that the other person requests the, the shit that we're eating on these shows is fucking disgusting so that's worth it alone but uh get over there and check that out
2: yeah but uh, that's perfect because everyone that wants to see rob it's free tom and rob on elite sports betting everyone that wants the jeff man's football podcast with tom is on elitefantasy.com. sign up for the football package every friday tom and jeff do a show Yep. So and, it's not like they G- stopped doing a show.
0: Yeah. And Jeff, uh, me and Jeff will be doing some more no mercies uh, once football season ends. But uh, Mad Lab, you ready to get into con- some conspiracies? Let's do it. All right. So aliens. S- Shut up, Kurt. We're not doing okay. fucking aliens. Every show, this kid just begs for aliens. Lab
2: What's before? on the docket? Yeah, but Mad Lab has family in NASA.
0: Yeah, but he can't talk about that. Retired. Yeah. Yeah. Retired. So I'm
2: sure she has some information. He doesn't want we to talk We should about actually it. get her on the show one day.
0: It's fucking kid. I asked you to do that a year ago, <laughs> and you told me no.
3: I'll, I'll reach out to her. Oh, I'll my
0: fucking out. God, dude. I, I'll I, uh, reach
3: out to my Aunt Margie. Hi, Aunt Margie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> kid telling me we're talking about fucking all this shit. I'm like, yo, bring your aunt on. She worked for NASA. She has inside information, all that. No, no, no. She won't want to talk about it. No, secret, dude. Secret, secret stuff. Super stuff she can't talk about. All of a sudden he gets on the air. I should bring my Aunt Margie on the fucking show.
2: Yeah, as soon well, as we get off air. Not yeah, we get off does. air. Yeah, Tommy,
0: by the way, I can't bring Aunt Margie on. Tommy, the show. I just said that for the show. I just said that for the show. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I, nah, nah. You, I'll can, reach out to you her. can edit that out. Aunt Margie can't come on. She got, <laughs> she got no voice. She's feeling really sick today. she You got no voice. She, she got no fucking. Voice. Go, she, ate yeah. ghoul. she ate the gobble ghouls. <laughs> <laughs> too, too much mozzarella. It's of holiday dinner. <laughs> All right, so what we're going to talk about here, Mad Lab is perfect for this show because a lot of these conspiracy theories revolve around the NBA. So in I started. 1900s. In the 1900s. Yes, exactly, Kurt. It is in the 80s and 90s. So this is a time that Mad Lab can speak about since basically the world stopped for him in 1997. <laughs> so that's why he still talks. That's why he still thinks he's so athletic right now because his timeline in our simulation theory conversations, his universe actually stopped in 97. So when we ask him things like, hey, can you tackle Alvin Kamara in the open field? And he says, yes, which he did on the podcast. He still pictures himself in 1997 <laughs> when he was 24 and very slender and fucking oh. super athletic Enjoy. and delusional on top talk of to that. Me.
3: Talk to me in about 12 weeks. Yeah. Oh, right. boy.
0: What sweaty fucking cycle up? <laughs> it's cut season. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about the Jordan thing first. So I started a fire. On Twitter the other day, I think it was on Christmas Day or maybe Christmas Eve. I forget which day it was. But uh, someone started writing something about, like, Michael Jordan went to play baseball or something like this. And, you know, because he was so good, he got bored. And I was like, who the fuck doesn't know that he left because he had a gambling problem? Like, do people really think, like, he just went to play baseball because he got bored or because his dad died? And then he decided to come back? I, I thought it was common knowledge. And obviously, it's not. So we're going to talk about it on here. We're also going to talk about the 85 draft, the Patrick Ewing draft. I'll talk, yeah, yeah, I know you got a lot to say about that, both of you, because I've spoken to you in past weeks before this uh, about that. We're going to talk a little bit about Tim Donahue and some of the rigging of games. <clears throat> and who knows what the fuck we get to. But we're definitely going to cover some things Mad Lab can accomplish on the back end of this podcast. So you do not want to miss things Mad Lab can accomplish ever. But as far as the Jordan thing, Kurt, where do you put yourself as far as percentage? Uh, whether Jordan retired because his dad passed away and he was bored of winning or gambling. What's What percentage you got?
2: I would say 75% because of gambling.
0: And I think his
2: dad played into it to where he could use that as that's why he's stepping away.
0: Okay, and what's your percentage on whether his dad was just randomly carjacked or killed by the
3: mob?
2: I'm gonna say sixty percent that it was gambling related.
3: Okay, Mad Lab? I'm gonna say about seventy percent on the first one, and I'm gonna say probably the same seventy percent on the second one. Okay, I'm
0: about—I mean, I don't want to say hundred percent because it's hard to be hundred percent on anything. But like, Tom and Rob are a hundred on everything. Nine 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 percent that it was gambling. Um, as far as his father being murdered by the mob. Um, probably 72%. So I'm very confident that he was, but there are a couple holes where you'd need to kind of go a little deeper down a rabbit hole to figure that out. But, uh, but lab, what makes you believe that it was gambling?
3: Well, if you got to look at his track record, man, I mean, back, back in the day, sports in general, but I mean, basketball was just, bro, it was all over the place, you know? And when he came into the league, like there was just too many things that would, were starting to come out that the NBA in the beginning were, were hiding a little bit, but after a while, you just can't ignore it. I mean, I don't know if the people out there remember, but, um, you know, Jordan obviously was always a big golf head and he was always very competitive. And whether it was on a golf course, whether it was going into a restaurant to see who could eat a fucking steak faster, like that was fucking Jordan. And I mean, when they, they, uh, they uh, what is it called? They, um, they ransacked this guy, Slim Bueller, who was a golf shop owner, but he was also a, a drug mule for a major major mm-hmm. drug and gambling kingpin uh, and when they see when they went to this house and they seized all these things i mean they they found the fifty seven thousand dollar check written from Michael Jordan, which all of a sudden it drew major you know flags for people. And why is it there? What was it from? Well, you know, he originally
2: said it was just a loan. Right. Until he you know, said it was just a loan. But like under- I said. Well, he- that,
0: was, that was the thing, right? Like, like he was lying about everything initially. Like he, he there was a lot of stuff that he – so there was a lot of accusations, especially in the books that were written and in the interviews that were done by people who he stiffed over, owed money to, et cetera, et cetera. And his initial story was all bullshit every time. And then he would like admit to a little bit, when it started getting close to right. going to court and stuff like that. Kind of yeah. like what you do if you're cheating on your girl, right? And you're cheating on her, and then all of a sudden something happens, and you find something. So you'll admit to one little thing, so she doesn't catch the big thing, right? Like, that's that's basically what he ended up doing. And once someone starts doing that, once someone starts lying about the little stuff, then you know they're fucking hiding something to the big stuff. But go Yeah, because
2: that $57,000 check was put into evidence in the slim trial. So once he was called in, he was under oath. That's when he said it was because of gambling debt. Exactly. Yeah,
3: yeah, so but when you look at like what we just all just said like you, it's you're, you're thinking what is it what is it what is it but there's really no concrete evidence but then as things started coming down, like that guy Eddie Dew, he was another sh- he oh, he was always involved with very shady shady fucking dudes always oh, yeah. the guy was a money shark for criminals i mean the guy would literally you know lo- he was a loan shark for, for fucking criminals this guy and when he was found dead and they opened up this guy's briefcase his briefcase not his house his briefcase they found three checks totaling 108,000 written from jordan so like all these things just started coming out and like david stern he could you couldn't protect him at this point anymore so it started becoming like coming to fruition that this guy was involved in whether it was gambling or not he was involved in some some fucking shady shady activity
0: well his dad too i mean if you go into his dad his dad was like his, his brother's best friend is everything right like and people close to his dad used to say you know he's basically like a, a bigger less athletic bald fat version of michael Right. Like that's there were he worshipped him. His dad was fucking indicted and almost faced like 10 or 15 years in prison when he was working at GE or some shit for like some sort of fraud with a hydraulic plant or something like that. It was like hundreds of thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars of fraud. Like he wrote like a fake purchase order or some shit and then never actually gave the hydraulic equipment away and was facing 10 years in prison for that. So. It's not just, you know what they say, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree, right? Like, it's not just that they hung out with bad people. He was a bad person. Like, Michael Jordan was a bad person. And if you talk to anyone now, the problem is the millennials live on Google. They didn't live through this shit like we did. We were literally growing up during this story as this stuff was evolving. And if anyone knows anyone in Chicago, I haven't found a fucking person over the age of 30 from Chicago, who won't look you dead in eye, go, oh, 100% it was gambling. Like, everyone out there knew this. This was common knowledge. And there was even documentation and paperwork. Because everyone said there was no proof. There was proof. There was paperwork showing that David Stern and his team were investigating Jordan's gambling problem. There's yeah, documentation. So what, started,
2: what started the investigation was uh, after the 1993 Eastern Conference Finals, when Jordan was said to be in Atlantic City at 2.30 in the morning, the day before a game, mm-hmm. AC to New York, you're looking at two, three hours. So that's what kicked it off. And then that's when they started looking into all this. So it went five months of investigation. And then when Jordan retired, they closed the case two yep. days later. Exactly.
0: Right. Like, yeah, it was like within 48 hours.
2: Right, stating they found no clear evidence. That's why it's very plausible that he had some kind of behind-the-door suspension that he was serving. Well, there was you also guys, you. you yeah, guys go. got
3: to remember too. Back in the day, I mean, I, I like I, I know it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but I mean, if you really look at it, back in the fifties, the first TV was invented. So, like, that was a, back then. There wasn't this technology today where you can like capture all these exactly. social medias and these exactly. text messages and stuff. So we don't even really know how deeply involved this guy was in criminal activity.
0: I mean, if you're looking 1993, did any of us even have a cell phone?
3: No, I don't beepers. think we, were beepers even around there? Yeah,
0: like it was beepers. So yeah. there was no text communication. There was no tap lines. There was, there was no cell phones like, you know, it was Zach Morris cell phones, right? Like one of the only things that were floating around back then. If, if any of the shit Jordan was doing back then, he was doing now, he'd beep. Because he was literally just going to casinos in Atlantic City. He spent a lot of time in Atlantic City for someone in Chicago. But he'd have been filmed 5,000 times. People been ratting, snitching. It was also a different world back in the 90s where people protected each other. You know, like it was more kind of, you know, they talk about the mafia ties that were there. But everyone wasn't ratting on everyone and telling on everyone and looking for Twitter kraut, clout and fake news and fake stories. It was like the people in Chicago knew what was going on and they kept their fucking mouth shut. The NBA knew what was going on, and they kept their fucking mouth shut. You know, nowadays, they got to fucking suspend people for hearsay just because there's so many fucking social justice warriors and people well, picketing culture. Yeah, and they're, and they're a multi-multi-billion-dollar company. The NBA was struggling during the 85 draft and even into the early 90s. Like We'll get into a lot of the financials going. You guys see the NBA now. That's not what it was. They couldn't afford the face of the NBA to be taken down in a, in a gambling thing.
3: So, well, put it put it in perspective this way. Put it in perspective. Say what, Kurt? And you just brought up about him being in Atlantic City. What you say? Two o'clock in the morning, Kurt? Yeah, yeah, two. By okay, the way, no. on
0: that note, by the way, the flu game is bullshit too. I don't know if we'll have time to get into it, but he oh, it yeah, wasn't, no, we got to do that. Yeah, it wasn't a flu game. That was bullshit
3: but, too. But but picture but picture at two o'clock in the morning right now if he was playing New York and he walked at Twitter, well, picture Lebron, been, James. my god, oh my god! I just saw Jordan. You in have a live videos tomorrow. everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's just, you, you don't know. We'll never know how deeply involved he was in criminal activity. But to know that we have the facts that we have now, you can only imagine.
0: Yeah, and listen, the funny thing about it is, I mean, we all love Michael Jordan. <laughs> like, I, I got jumped on Twitter, like, oh, you're just a Jordan hater. There's not a fucking 40 year old in America who's a Jordan hater unless you're a Nick fan, which Mad Lab's a Nick fan, and he still worships Michael Jordan. So it's, we all worshiped him. We no one wanted, no one wanted to believe it either. So that's part of the reason why. But there was so much stuff that came out about, like it, it's just blatantly obvious. There's actually an interview. I was looking for the sound clip. I was scrambling this morning because I was hungover. Uh, I'll try and post it on Twitter. But there's a clip of Jordan after he was talking about his quote unquote retirement when he slipped, and they said to him, "You know, Are you ever coming back?" And the league had 100% planned to co- co- have him come back. There's multiple, multiple witnesses, multiple people in the NBA who've come out and said that this is a real thing. Uh, I mean, even uh, Michael Franzese, who's you know, the mob guy, has come out, who worked with the NBA for a while, was saying, yeah, I mean, it's obvious. He definitely, definitely had a gambling problem. He's the biggest degenerate gambler you know, you've ever seen. You know? So when he came out after the retirement, the funny thing was he made one sentence, which made, then made me go, oh, shit, something's up. They said, are you going to come back? He said, yeah, I'd like to come back. You know, who knows, you know, a couple years, five years. I don't know, but I'd like to come back if David Stern lets me. Who retires at their own will and then s- as the number one player in the world in all of sports and says, if David Stern lets me? Like that right there, like no one has to let you come back from retirement. So that for me was, was the first thing that kind of perked my ears up and then I started digging into it.
2: Yeah, but I wonder if a lot of people understand just how competitive Jordan is, right? If you're the best player in the world and you're that competitive, you don't step away to go play minor league baseball. That's kind of the big issue.
0: Well, I mean, dude, and his goal was always to be the number one athlete in the history of the world and make the most money of anyone in the history of the world, right? You're not leaving $40 million a year. On the table with three championships, lab.
2: Well, especially if you have gambling debts, you're not going to minor league baseball where he probably got paid what five hundred grand at most. No,
0: not even. You
3: got <laughs> well, nothing. you never
2: know because he brought everyone in. Yeah, I mean, and leave well, a gazillion dollar job in the NBA. Well, if
3: you if you if you think about uh, if you want to go like the the um, uh, the route the the innocent route on it the innocent route on it was that his father always wanted him to be a professional baseball player. You know, that was the innocent route. That was what he felt like. He accomplished everything he accomplished in the NBA, and he wanted to test his waters in baseball because apparently he was a very good baseball player, and that was his father's sport. That's the innocent route. Do I believe that? No. No. No, hundred percent not.
0: Like it's
2: it's no, if just... your kid is the best on the planet at a sport, would you care if he didn't play baseball? Well you no, mean because,
3: about? because it doesn't that that doesn't that means nothing. When people are as competitive as him, look at guys like Deion Sanders, look at guys like Bo Jackson. You know, you could it's you can make the fair argument to say he was just trying to be another one of those guys. Like if they can do it, I can do it. And and he was a horrible baseball player. But if well, you want to go that route, I mean, and be the best and be as competitive as he was, I can see a lane where he's saying, well, if they well, were yeah, co- and, you know. And that's why he made up that story.
1: But, you know, you're right. not going to make up a story that's
0: 100% <laughs> not believable, right? Like, you yeah, got to be a story to they, cover it. Yeah, there's got to be something. I mean, listen, his dad was murdered um, or died, <laughs> but his dad was murdered. And honestly, the heat. That's when the heat went crazy. When did his dad die? What was it, June or July or something of that year?
2: July twenty third, which is weird. If you're a numerologist like myself, oh yes, please. They happened us. to kill him on the twenty third. What is what is weird about? That? Oh, the twenty third is fucking a number. 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 Gotcha. Yeah. Jesus, uh, that, that. What does that have to do with numerology? Well, you know, because it's uh, the 23rd, he's the 23rd, I don't know. No,
0: numerology would be if, like, the 23rd was the day that Satan was supposed to...
2: (laughs) His jersey number was 23, and he fucking died on the 23rd. Yeah, don't you think they might have sent, like, a message? Right, yeah, no, 100%, but that's not numerology. Lab, you're a superior athlete, so you could kind (laughs) of... Uh, see this out there. What did your dad want you I to play? I love how
0: he didn't even laugh.
2: He just like
0: this it was like yes, yes, I am.
3: Continue. Yeah,
2: man, Lab can relate to this more than me and you. What did your dad want you to play?
3: Uh, the crazy thing was when I was when I was younger, <clears throat> when I was like a really young uh, kid. You know, obviously he wanted me to to box. That's what he wanted. Um, but then when I started playing baseball, um, you were superior. he had this fabrication in his mind back then that. The, the, the MLB was starving for catchers. Like they just needed catchers. Nobody <laughs> wanted. Know, I swear yeah. to God, they, uh, he had this every, thing in his mind. Everyone had that, heard that growing up. Yeah, that would I, that I you know, and and I, and I was and I was I caught for ten years and and uh, uh, I probably could have kept going. You know, yeah, I mean, you would have you would have gone pro. So let's sure. say this. So no, you no, no in, I'm not saying that. I just said no. Just you think it though. You think it though. I was a really good catcher. Yeah, you think my only problem. Yeah, you think it. I'm going to tell you my own. Do you think it, LeB?
0: Do you think you could have gone pro? Do you think you would have gone pro?
3: Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but listen, hold on. My only problem was this, and he used to drive my father nuts, dude. My only problem was that as I got no, as I got older, dude, I, it, it, it was getting harder for me get uh, to to get the jump and on somebody stealing stealing second. Yeah, You know, it was just getting tougher and tougher for that's, me. That's, I,
0: that's the sign of a professional catcher when you start going downhill at 18. Nah, no, I'm
3: just saying. But then I started I, – <laughs> then I fell, in, like, I, I fell in love with, you know, basketball, football. And, and backpack, then you were the best just, at all of those, too. I was. I mean, so, how wait, do, let me, let me in
0: ask In the words something. of Vegas, Dave, how does he do it? How does he do it?
1: I
3: don't fuck know, man.
0: man Lab.
2: So, the- if you were like a top boxer, let's say you were the heavyweight champ of the world, which you would have been if, he right, if you pursued Obviously. it, right? If you pursued, and your dad always wanted you to be a catcher, and well, you were actually legit to where you could have been a minor league catcher, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. would you have any desire to leave boxing and go try to be a catcher because that's what your dad always wanted you to be?
3: No, no. But 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 oh, you got to also remember this, dude. There was no. I, I don't give a fuck who you are. What athlete, what actor, what presidential candidate you are? that man's mind, dude, was wired differently than: Oh any yeah, he was a psychopath on this planet, yes He was a psychopath when it came to perfection and when it came to competition. If you look at his locker room, he was one of the most hated men in his locker room because he he expected so much from you. Even if you couldn't give it to him, he expected every night, night in and night out, that you gave him fucking everything, dude. The guy was a, a, just wired to He him. was
0: a serial killer. He was yeah. basically like, he had yeah. the mentality of a serial killer. He just harnessed it towards basketball. Bro, and,
3: Horace Grant hated him. Bill yeah, Cartwright dude, hated him. Dude, Krause. What about him.
0: Jerry Krause? Like they, they fucking despised each other, the GM and, and Jordan at the time. Like When Jordan left the Bulls, he started blocking free agents from going there. He didn't allow them to get free agents. He was making phone calls to every free agent and blocking them all. And they all started going to different teams. And they made an excuse that oh, it's cold in Chicago. That was that was the fucking reason why I have him from Gabe. Like he, so that's why you know he wouldn't have left because his biggest fear in the world would have been to leave the Bulls at that time and then win a championship without yeah, Pippen, him. won would have been his Pippen biggest won fear in
2: That would have been the worst thing for him.
0: Everyone hated him. Everyone from Chicago so – I know tons of people. Talk to Rusty Nuts. Talk to anyone you know from Chicago. All of them have met Jordan at some point, ran into him somewhere. He did not tip. Lab, didn't you have a story about okay.
3: – Yeah, um, my buddy Mike was one of the heads of sports Sheep books fuck. at the Bellagio years ago. And he – like a guy like me or you or anyone listening to this show, when you win, you go to the window and you you cash your money. Well, Mike was the guy who – when you were a big major player, like he used to tell me he used to have these Asian guys flying in, like just for the night. Yeah. And if they won, they would bring them into this back room and pay them. Like they it was just like right. a private payout. And he said that, um, he, Michael Jordan never even tipped the valet people.
0: Nothing, nothing, nothing ever. And now here's the thing. If you're a gambler, which, uh, I can relate on some level here, but, uh, if you're a gambler, you do not just gamble on something. You gamble on everything if you're as competitive and crazy as Michael Jordan. We have documentation of millions of dollars in a single day being gambled on a golf course. I was actually going to come out and tell a little bit of a story about a friend of mine whose father actually was connected to the guy that Jordan owed a couple million dollars to from golf outings from a charity event and from one other thing. I forget what the third thing was, but he said he didn't want his name or anything shared on the podcast. So I'm going to leave that off. But um, this dude gambled on everything, and they have him on a recorded line putting in a bet for a basketball game. Now, this was – I think it was in that dude's book when he was talking about it. He said, I can't confirm that it was the NBA. I can't confirm. He's like, it was during the NBA time. I can't confirm it, but I know he was talking about a basketball spread, and I heard him putting a bet in on a basketball game. Do you really fucking think that this dude who gambles on everything is the biggest degenerate in the world, has mob ties, has drug ties, has a father who was almost indicted for fraud, this, that, and the other thing, doesn't tip, doesn't give a fuck about anyone, isn't going to fucking gamble on the own sport, which he has the most control of, even if he's just betting on the Bulls. I guarantee you he bet on the Bulls probably almost every night, which is part of the reason why he was such a psychopath when they lost. But to think that he wasn't betting on his own sport, too, is just fucking maniacal. It's, mani- it's insane.
2: Well, that's probably what David Stern was trying to avoid. Yes. Right, He's trying to avoid that Pete Rose where you're banished from the NBA. And, and I mean, Michael Jordan was the entire revenue stream for the NBA at that time. When they no one best... was even close to him. Yeah, when when you were... talk about how crazy at betting he was, you heard the one with the luggage carousel? where I'll he's with it. his whole team waiting for their luggage. He said, I'll bet everyone 100 bucks my luggage comes out first. Yep. Yep. <laughs> right? He paid the bag boy prior to put his luggage first just yep. so he could win that bet. Dude, I,
0: I mean, like, it- it may- think about how big a piece of shit you have to be. like. And people go, oh, that's funny. No, it wasn't as a joke. Like, Jordan didn't yeah, if you these- gave
2: the money back, it would be funny, but you kept the money and you fixed the whole game.
0: Yeah, it- this dude was just it- – it's so fucking obvious. What happened with the investigation was – Everyone at that time in the 90s knew that Michael Jordan had a gambling problem. It was him and Barkley, right? Everyone fucking knew they were always gambling. They were always at the casinos. They were always in Vegas. They were always in Atlantic City. Everyone fucking knew it. It was common knowledge. When the investigation started taking place with David Stern, they weren't going to do shit about it because they were just playing it off. He likes the tables. He likes the tables. Then the golf stuff come out. Yeah, he likes to do it at golf. During that investigation, they started to identify that he was betting on basketball. And that's when they told him, you need to get the fuck out of here so we could shut this investigation down. Because if we keep this investigation going, we're not going to be able to turn this around. We don't care if people know you're gambling. We know you hang out with bad people. We know a lot of people don't like you. But once we prove that you were gambling on basketball games, it's done. Like, you're done. You're Pete Rose. You're gone forever. And that's what happened. That's exactly what happened.
3: Let me let me me, let's just I just want to ask you guys a question because I have a thought on this and just because we're on it it has nothing to do with really the topic. But I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't because it's not a conspiracy. What are your thoughts about betting on yourself?
0: I have no problem
1: with
2: it. Me neither. Kurt. Uh, Yeah, I have no problem with it. It, It's it gets tricky, though, because you bet on yourself.
3: there's, There's no fix.
2: Yeah, I but mean, then what stops you from betting against yourself at some point? Let's say you keep losing and you lost 10 in a row and you're betting on yourself. What stops you from saying, you know what, I'm just going to go against myself and make sure I lose? Gamblers want to win. They don't want to lose. So if he starts losing, he's going to go, well, why can't I do the other side where I have more control, right?
0: Yeah, and, and speak to any gambler. I mean, like gamblers aren't going to tell you I gamble because of the money. Gamblers are going to tell you, you know, you go to the FanDuel Sportsbook and interview the whole – regular section, not necessarily the VIP, obviously, there's people gambling for a living up there. But the regulars, every single person there is going to say, oh, no, I lose money in gambling. That's what they're all going to say. And then when you say, why do you do it? It's the fucking rush. It's the drive. It's the competitiveness. It's the excitement. It's the hope. it's, it's 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 a fucking disease. And Jordan had the disease worse than anyone in the fucking world. And his father got killed for it. And here's the funny thing. When his father died, there was a lot of stuff going on that Jordan was supposed to fix the finals that year. And he didn't. Um, so that was one part of it. But the thing that was known about Jordan was that he because people go, why didn't Jordan just pay his debt? If he owed money to mo- everyone knew he was in with the mob, everyone knew he was gambling through the mob. That's basically lab. That's the only way you gambled back then. It's the only way you could gamble. There was no fucking Internet.
2: Yeah. And sports betting wasn't legal anywhere. Did we lose Mad Lab? Except for. no, babies. I'm here.
0: I'm,
3: I'm just letting oh. you talk. I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm no. Sense. Okay. Yeah.
0: I'm yeah sure but I'm it. saying like, that's the only way you could gamble back then. There was no online. There was no FanDuel, DraftKings, MyBookie.com, Bavada. The only way you could gamble was either at a casino or with a bookie. So everyone, including us, were all in bed with the mob. The difference is I'd lose three grand, and
3: Jordan would lose half a million. Yeah, but don't you think – listen, uh, uh, don't you think – like, listen, they, I mean, in boxing and everything, like mob has approached so many fighters and athletes and stuff like that, even in college – you know, to 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 maybe just downgrade their place, you know, twenty percent, thirty percent. But these are guys that that are maybe intricate pieces to a team or stuff like that. But these are guys who didn't have a revenue stream like yeah. of somebody, somebody's main profile guys, where they really don't have, uh, um, they really don't have a reason to for a game or two games or. So, I, I don't know. Like, I, I get what you're saying. It's totally, totally makes sense. But I could see someone like a. Uh, you know, like a six man. You know, t- you know, blowing some. Yeah, shots. no,
0: yeah, no. That that. And, and you guys familiar with Michael Franzis? Yeah. All right. So Michael Frenzies was the mobster. Uh, those of you who aren't, you should go Google. There's a new interview from this year, I think, with him. It uh, was a mobster who talked in depth about um, fixing games and how they used to always have people shaving points all the time. And the thing he said all the time was, "We used to intentionally get the athletes to run up lines with us." He's like, we'd get them to run up lines with it, And this is common knowledge. Kurt, Grandpa talked about this shit all the time. That's why when people talk about, like, oh, games weren't fixed. Games were constantly fixed. Like, constantly. The further back in history you go, the more fixed the games were. So, because the pay scale was lower, right? So, they were constantly fixed. And what he would say? I would get these athletes. I'd let them lose 50 grand. And then I wouldn't make them pay. And then I would tell them they could, they'd double down and double down. Next thing you know, they're into me for a million, two million. And the thing with Michael that's important is he didn't pay his debts
3: Hold on ever. A How about Tommy talking to him like he's his friend, Michael? Michael, <laughs> M- <laughs> MJ, me and me and, uh, me, and MJ. me and Mike,
0: me and Mike. But he didn't pay his debts ever, Lab. Like you talked about the golf story
2: where he had to settle with the guy over a million dollar debt. Yeah, and he set up a payment plan so his wife wouldn't see it.
0: Yeah, Lab, didn't you have a? Didn't you have? The, were you the one that we're talking about, at or Kurt?
2: Yeah, yeah. When when start speaking. It's you, too no, quiet. No, I'm,
3: over there. I'm letting you guys talk. No, bit. jump no, in. No, we hit the we, we hit got, the forty minute when, mark. When they so. came out with that book, Michael <laughs> and me. I mean, that's when it really came out that that um you know he didn't pay his debts. It was all like documented and that was really the only way you can get it out to the people at that time because, like we said before, there was no Twitter. There was, no, there was nothing out there on social media platform to do that. With. And this book came out, and it basically said, like, at one point in time, this guy owed a million dollars. It was like $900 plus thousand, and they had to settle out for 300 because this guy was just hounding him and hounding him and hounding him, and he wasn't responding. And, uh, and, and they settled out for 300 because he wanted to recoup something. Of what uh, of what Jordan Odom and it wasn't because it was like 1.2
0: million too. it wasn't like 10 million 20 million. It was like a million. No, yeah, it was was like a game check for him. Yeah,
3: exactly. And it wasn't because he didn't have the money. It was because Jordan just felt like he was above the law. Yep he refused you know, that's basically yeah, he, refused to pay. he had the money i mean the guy was the the, the the athlete of the fucking decade at one point like the guy had the money he was a face of everything but he felt like i'm michael jordan i'm above the law and i'll pay it when i'm fucking good and ready to fucking pay it
0: i love how people go and kurt you said something about his wife too i love how people forget that factor of everything too
2: well yeah his wife used to check his finances so when he settled up with that uh the guy that wrote that book, they settled on, what, 300000 300, was instead yeah. of the million or whatever he owed, yeah, and he had to set it up in a payment plan format so his wife wouldn't realize what was going on. What was going on, right. Right, yeah. so
0: you have multiple factors here when people say he couldn't, he could have paid. First of all, you're talking about a guy who was betting a million dollars a day sometimes on a golf course. If he made $40 million in a year. And he had a wife up his ass, which everyone knows that story about his fucking wife. How she was on top of his finances because she knew he was a degenerate gambler. So she almost treated him like a child, you know, with their finances because they had kids and stuff. The um, when you look at a dude, think about the numbers here. Just do the math. If you make 40 million dollars in a year and the government's taken 15 million of it and you're left with 25 million and you divide that out over 12 months, that's a couple million dollars a month. You're talking about a guy who would gamble a million dollars on a golf course in a day, who would run up three quarter of a million dollar markers seven hours before a basketball game to gamble two million dollars a month and then be broke at the end of that year is not fucking unrealistic at all. But it's not even about that. It's about that he had to hide it and he was arrogant. And that's what happened with his dad. He told the mob to fuck off. He said, go You're not getting your fucking money. And he did it enough, and they fucking whacked his father. The fact that they're saying that this is two random kids right after the NBA finals, like a month or so later, two random kids killed his dad. His dad was in a car sleeping. He was, like, t- well, that
2: was the weird thing when they said he pulled over to take a nap. How would you know that, though?
0: Yeah, it's
2: all bullshit. The car, if his body was found in South Carolina, how would you know he pulled over to the side to just take a nap?
0: He was missing for <laughs> three weeks. Yeah. He was missing for three fucking weeks, and the car was found nowhere near where his route was. Like, none of it made sense. And then they were talking about, oh, well, it had to be those kids because the kids made a calls from the cell. There was calls made from the cell phone. Yeah, and one of the calls was to the sheriff's son.
2: Yeah, who was already convicted of what money laundering, Tra- drug theft, trafficking, uh, drug trafficking, everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A- yeah. The sheriff's son, the sheriff. There was a phone call to the sheriff's fucking son on the call. What do you think? The two young kids fucking called the sheriff's son? Like, how fucking dumb do you have to be? And then on top of that, everyone's like, well, I got a tweet the other day. What do you think? The mob owns the North Carolina D.A.? Yeah. <laughs> fucking, well, he- if you ever see Godfather three, they own the fucking pope. Like, they, yeah, you ever see Irishman? They own the fucking president. Like, you think they can't own the North Carolina D.A.?
2: Well, it's well, harder know, so- for them to recognize how what the influence of the mob was because now Cause it's so know, right. hidden. It's the complete opposite with social media. Now the mob is so hidden. Back then, the mob was everything. The mob owned the NFL. They owned oh, the Giants, the Steelers, be. the Bears, the Browns. Our fucking they grandfather was in it. Owned the teams. Heard. We heard the stories our whole life. <laughs> yeah, but they don't understand that. But the other evidence was um, the people that took the blood samples got caught with fraud info uh, on 190 cases. That's why they had to reopen James Jordan's death.
0: And the funny thing is, and Lab, you were about to cut in, so let me just say this real quick. Um, Everyone was like, no, the cops, all the cops were in the mob's pocket back then, 100%. And the, the Roberson County Police Department in 2003, I think it was, 2002, Twenty-two police officers from the county that his father's body was found in were indicted. Twenty-two for different charges. Everything from kidnapping, drug trafficking, fraud. Twenty-fucking-two. So you're not only talking about his dad's death being extremely coincidental with everything that was going on with the case, but all of a sudden you have a fucking county with nothing but dirty cops and the road that he was supposed to be on that day when, you know, his trip from I think it was D.C. up to fucking Atlantic City or wherever he was going, his car was found like 100
3: miles out of the way. It, none of it made sense, Medlip. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it, listen, it, the thing that what it is is there's a lot of fucked up fans out there and a lot of people were tied into that. Like, I, Kurt, you could appreciate this. Remember Reggie Miller when they arsoned his house? Yeah, of course, okay. my boy. Do you remember that? Of yeah. course. That's so my boy. There was that, that. That was in the beginning. That was considered like a fucking hate crime towards him as far as just like a, a, a crazy fucking fan that he couldn't win a championship and they burned the whole fucking guy's house down. And that's that's the way it was labeled. So they, there's crazy fans. But people out there who doesn't who don't think that law was tied into the, the mob are absolutely <laughs> all, all, <laughs> all you got to do is watch the movie Serpico. <laughs> I mean I know it's it, it's a movie but Serpico was extremely real back in the day these cops made 0 dollars and 0 cents and they would get boosters during the holidays, and all they, have to, they don't have to do anything wrong. All they have to do is turn a blind eye. They tell you, listen, don't be on fucking Highway 82 at f- between 10 a.m. to 12 a.m. Here's 10 grand. Here's 20 grand. It, it, it happened every day. Look at Copland. Look at all these. Still back happens in the day with, now. Still happens with, now. Look at with the, with the bread routes back in the day. There was a bread route here in New Jersey. They, the name of the company was called Grateful Bread. You guys remember that company? I do actually. No. Yes, it was, and I
0: have no memory, and I remember yeah, that it
3: was called Grateful Bread. And basically, what it was is it was it was cocaine mule. They had everybody tied into it here in New Jersey. That's what it was I, yes, I remember reading about they were, that. Yes. Yeah, they were delivering cocaine through the bread, yeah. and everybody was in on it. Everybody. And now you could see the trucks once in a while. They're like they're 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 uh, they're still roaming around now. Somebody tried to reopen the business on Grateful Bread, but I mean, everybody was tied in at that time because it was. Hear no evil, see no evil, and here's you know, here's have a good holiday with your wife, and here you know, take care of your kids, and how does it? It was envelope after envelope after envelope after their envelope. And for you, those of you out there who don't think that this shit fucking transpired, it only transpired in movies. You're out of your you're fucking mind. They're
0: so fucking dumb. These millennials act like the world started when they were born at 14 years the old. The government's
3: they're, corrupt now.
0: Everything is fuck, dude. The 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 mafia owned the
3: fucking United States of America. The only um, thing I'm going to say now is there's uh, if the only thing I will say now is this about the mafia. It's gone. There is no more. Fucking mafia. Yeah, it's gone. gone. It's gone. They're they're just a bunch of fucking people who think they're in the mafia, but there is no more families. There are no more mafia. There's all that shit is gone. But back in the day, there was no Myrta. And it was was a a real, real fucking thing. John Gotti was the perfect example of it where he fucking ran New York. And not only did everyone know he was fucking crooked, everybody loved him because he took care of everything everyone the cops the fucking civilians he took care of everyone as long as he was allowed to roam freely
0: it's the italian way right just keep tipping everybody and no one fucks with you yep. <laughs> that's, that's
2: where jordan fucked up Yep,
0: exactly and that's where exactly, that's exactly where you're right that's exactly where he fucked up
2: he was a mafia he
3: was he was a mob in its in its in itself yep
0: yep except the difference is he didn't take care of everyone and then he good got point, taken, and then he got Very taken, good point. and then he got taken care of so yeah his dad uh, in my opinion was definitely murdered Uh, It was definitely payback to to teach him a lesson. What was it for? Did he owe the mob money and didn't refuse to pay it? He couldn't pay it. He didn't want to pay it because he had to hide it from his wife. Maybe his dad owed someone. Whatever it was, that shit was not a coincidence. Everything around that story was literally Jussie Smollett. Like Here's something to think about, Tommy
3: and Kurt. Here's something to think about. You just said that he hid his money from his wife. He had to hide things from his wife. So who's to say that he didn't utilize his father as a mule uh, to, oh yeah, gam- to, to, to gamble his money? And when he wasn't paying back the money, they went after his father.
2: That makes yeah, sense. And his
0: father wouldn't roll on him. Obviously, it's his son. Damn. Yeah, but look at they like set start- up those two kids. Yep.
2: But even when you see Jordan, like you just see like a dark figure, don't you? He, it yeah. never seems like he's happy. He just seems like he always has a cloud. If someone in your family died because of your gambling problem, wouldn't that just haunt you your whole life?
0: Of yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. yeah. So like,
2: I feel like that's even another thing that people don't look at is just his demeanor and his personality even now. You just don't see any happiness in him when you see him. Dude, he's a serial killer. The dude's a serial killer. He's yeah, guys serious. like that
3: are different, bro.
0: Guys just, like that are different, bro. Yeah. He just he he wasn't a compassionate person at all. He just didn't have that that's like you know, when you talk about this generation being soft, like he was zero percent soft. Like yet he, had, he right. didn't even have like probably remorse or regret or anything for anything he ever did. Like he was serial killer crazy. Um the the funny thing is the flu game we mentioned a minute ago. That was not a flu game, people. That was not a flu game. He was hungover. Everyone knows that. Mm,
2: he, I heard something different.
0: Okay. What, what did you hear?
2: Food poisoning? So The food poisoning makes the most sense. They I think said it makes five, the least. They said five dudes delivered the pizza, and then he was the only one that ate it, and then at 2, 3 in the morning, he called the trainer, and he was throwing up everywhere. Let me ask you a so question. That makes the most sense.
0: I want you guys to both think, okay? So they said it was food poisoning, right? I want you to both think. First of all, there's no proof that Five Guys Delivered. Well, they said it was flu. The narrative is the flu. The narrative is flu, which is complete bullshit. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, you don't, you don't have the, because he played again 48 hours later and he was fine. So you you don't have the flu and then it's just like, oh, I'm better, like a day later. And you were better a day before. These games are played 24 hours apart. He didn't just, you don't get the flu for a day. Have any of you guys ever had the flu for a day?
2: No, it's literally a, at least a week.
0: Yeah, you're thinking these, this is the ch- finals. so like You're playing every other day. You don't just have it for one day. So that's out. The only two that were questionable was food poisoning. Um, when have you ever seen five guys deliver a pizza? One. Okay. So that sounds like bullshit. They just wanted to make it more believable. My favorite part, Mad Lab and Kurt, name one time in your entire life, including here when people say they aren't hungry, where a pizza has been ordered to a room full of pizza
2: people, and only one person ate it. Yeah, but I could see it at three in the morning. People could have knocked out. I mean, I could see it. Kurt,
3: I, this, I this is what I, this is what. Listen, I, I logistically, I really, literally, think he was sick. What he was sick from, I don't know. But the way Michael Jordan's mind is wired, I think when he went into that game and saw the game that he was having, he played it. Like oh a yeah, that's, show. For, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and I. I and I respect him for that. You should do that. You know, he made so it
3: like a theatrical show. Like he was fucking Pippin was holding him. Uh, and I, oh, and I, yeah. LeBron I mean, does that all the time now yeah, where he acts like he's dying.
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, it but was. Wait, I want to hear your theory, Tom. What do you think happened then? Just he was hungover?
0: Rose at a party told about 15 people that he was with Jordan and knows for a fact he was hungover the night before. I believe Another it. player
2: in the league who was there. So, like, yeah, yeah. that's enough for me, you know, like, right there. Yeah, but I, hungover, if he's hungover, just take an IV and he's fine. Yeah, no, Kurt, dude. I've been, I've done presentations. Yeah, doing but this podcast hungover. Yeah, but hungover to the point where Scottie Pippen has to hold you up 24 no, hours that's later. That's theatrical, dude. Yeah, that's, that's Jack. That's that Jack. That was all ah, theatrics. I think food poisoning is legit.
3: But like, come on, Kurt, you think that was? You don't think he played a little fucking theatrical fucking scene in that thing? Oh, I'm sure it was a he little. Saw, but he to saw be like that for
2: being hungover is crazy.
3: Well, dude, listen, people feed into it. Look at the whole Willis Reed thing. Like, people feed into that shit, dude. People yeah. feed into that shit, dude. I mean, come on. Uh, you know he 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 saw a window he was a competitive freak he knew he had an, a, a lane to make a statement to make something that possibly everyone's going to talk about Michael Jordan in the flu game you know he was he was probably sick and they said listen we're just going to tell him you have the flu and he went on the court and he played and he had a good game and it was a it was a people started on the networks talking about look at Michael Jordan he's got the flu to and he played into it cuz he's a fucking genius That was a genius move on his part and everybody's still talk- – we're talking about it now, 20 but years later. The thing
0: about – yeah, I mean, it's, it's – it's, it's it's it wasn't flu. His own trainer is the one who said it was food poisoning. His own trainer right. who was with him that night. Grover right. or whatever, or Griever or whatever the fuck his name was. So we throw sickness out. His fucking physical trainer, the guy who's responsible for his physical health and well-being, came out and said, I was with him. He got poisoned. It was food poisoning. So, like, right. literally any form of sickness outside of that is out. So you initially start to believe the story. Now, what they were saying was that there was no one who could deliver pizza at that time because they were in fucking Utah and the fucking room right. service stopped at 9, 10 o'clock. Whatever. They didn't eat the pizza at 2. He got the phone call at 2. But the weirdest thing is if the guy who's solely responsible for your physical health and well-being is in the room with you and you guys are all hungry... It was you know it wasn't like two in the morning wake up they got home and the, and the fucking room service was done they were yeah, all you out. don't know
2: who was hungry they
0: were all out together people people don't do that people don't eat separately when you go out if me yes. you and MadLab go out we go grab a slice of pizza we go watch the fucking UFC event at the garden we come out we grab some slice of pizza we go home it's not like I'm gonna go get pizza and you're gonna wait three hours you're either fucking hungry or you're not but no, bottom- it's
2: more of they went out they got back Jordan's like oh I'm fucking hungry got five dudes to deliver and pizza and everyone else was like, nah, there fuck that. I'm five going to sleep people in
0: the room. No yeah, one had a slice.
2: Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They're probably like, "No, nah, I'm not hungry. I'm just going to sleep. You got to remember Jordan no, they was didn't like go to sleep, the they alpha were there, king. Her,
0: they were in the room when the pizza got there. They were all there. Jordan didn't call them until two in the morning when he felt sick. And he said, get over here. I feel sick. Supposedly, which is bullshit. Like it's, mm. it's, it's, it doesn't make sense because the trainer even said, when the five guys walked up with the pizza, I said, I got a bad feeling about this. I got a really bad feeling about this. So what the fuck are you eating the pizza for then? Order another pizza. Bottom like, line it made is
2: sense. Utah tried to kill Michael Jordan.
0: Yeah, so either Utah poisoned them um, or, or they were out hangover. late because no
2: one could say no to Jordan. Right,
0: Lab? Yep. If you were, if, if you said no, I don't want to go. What did Mike? This is he's notorious for this, right? Like you didn't have a choice. Barkley and all these guys have told tons of stories about Jordan. Like when Jordan wanted to go out, you didn't have a choice, and you were out till fucking seven in the morning. That's it. He went with the fucking training staff in Utah. Fucking went out, brought him out, dragged him out. They were really fucking hungover. And the next day, he said, "Yo, you guys got to make up a story," and that's what they did. That's what I think. But the bottom line is, it wasn't the flu.
3: You know, uh, and, and, and really think about it. In, in all your years of life, I mean, I've heard people getting food poisoning from. Um, you know, from a lot of shit, dude, pizza. I know. Come on. Yeah, but no, you know, they
2: obviously would purposely put something in the pizza to poison them. It's not like it was just bad no, well, cheese. No,
3: it, could be, it could be a load of things. Like, if it really yeah. was, then I would say that maybe they, they, they were rolling, kneading the dough, maybe on a, a board that they had chicken on or something like that. But how many times have you heard your friends, like, I got food poisoning from sushi? Get you it. Had pizza? I got food poisoning from, a you know. A, a well, no, it was Intentional. It, it, yeah, it, exactly. I, I, There's something behind it, but it definitely, definitely wasn't the fucking flu, dude. Well, no while way. we're on
2: Jordan, Mad Lab, Jordan's 56 years old. Uh-huh. I'm going to put you in your prime. Now, we did this with LeBron. Mm-hmm. I want to know where you stand with Jordan. You're in your prime, mid-20s. Jordan right now, 56. No, no,
0: no. This is ridiculous. You right now and Jordan right now, Mike. <laughs> What, what do you do? Why prime? do you act like you're talking to a fucking rational person? <laughs> wait, hold on a second, though. Hold on. Wait, I'm gonna, you're I, trying I, to be a like, Hold on. I'm going to do it. Right. I know where he's going with this. <laughs> Kurt's trying to go, all right, Lab, you with the best you ever were Jordan at 60. Who, what the fuck do you think he's going to say? Lab, you right now at 43 with a fucking bad ankle, a bad knee, a bad <laughs> hip, and a bad wrist, right? At 43 years old right now, or however the fuck old you are, play Michael Jordan right now at 60 in basketball. Who wins? Oh, who wins the actual game? If you play him right now. Oh, him. In the okay, game. Right. He's well, no, not now, now we work our way down. Now, if you and your prime, or what if Jordan spotted you right now, 10 points in a game to 20. Make it take it. Right now? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, him, him.
0: Okay, now, see, 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 here's the rational Ooh, Mad see Lab. See how he with, got a little lower? Right, now I want to let it <laughs> No, everyone... because
3: you're, you're I'm, uh, you know, the other things you were asking me, can you score? All right, well, one, now,
0: now you... here's the other one. And, and I, I guarantee you I know where you're going with this. You and your prime, now we just uh. snapped into a different human, right? Now, <laughs> now you're going to hear the insanity. When you talk about Mad Lab now, he's like, ah, oh, Jordan beat me, you know? But when now we're in the, the legend of the lab, okay? <laughs> when he was seven foot three. So. Lab, you in your prime versus Jordan in his prime, okay? Or the Wizards Jordan. Okay, let's use Wizards Jordan. 42-year-old Jordan. No, 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 right? no. Yeah, yeah, 40-year-olds old, right? You play a game to 20. He spots you 18, and you start with the ball. I beat him.
3: <laughs> and here's why i beat him here here listen listen here, listen here's why i beat him oh please do tell me tell why, why <laughs> oh, uh. well, because the pickup games here where, oh, where, where, where i'm from is you cannot cross the free throw line until the ball is dribbled so as soon as he checked that oh, fucking ball to me this the three-point champion that i was I would fucking drain two in a row, and the game would be over. Okay. Well, now, let's see
2: how low would you
0: go. First of all, I've never heard that rule ever in my life. That is so a rule. Okay. You yeah. can't cross the free throw it's line until the ball is dribbled. A, whoever you played with was retarded. Let's say he had he. You stood at the top of the key. He uh, checked the ball to you, and then he wasn't allowed to move towards you until the ball touched your hand. So when he I bounced would, past, dude, it I you. had a
3: fucking release on me, dude. I whoop right up, dude. What Gone. if what <laughs> if you
0: what if he was allowed to check you at inbounding? And he, you would need, still have to, he would still have to check it And it wasn't ball. make it, take it. So if you made the shot. So keep in mind, you're up 18 to nothing on Jordan. Twenty the game to 21. You're up yeah. 18 nothing. You get the ball first. If you make it, it goes to Jordan. If he makes it, it goes back to you. So you actually, he can't, oh, that, just, that, he that, can't absolutely, that, that's Absolutely. I'll absolutely Right, that's what I'm saying. That's even more favorable. Yeah, he's going to score on me. Of course, but he you get the ball right back. Yeah, exactly. So I'll just fucking so score what on if, him. So what if he... What if <laughs> just score on
1: him? <laughs> <laughs>
2: And this is forty-year-old Jordan. This isn't fifty-six-year-old. Because this is prime. This is how the Mad Jordan. Lab. This is, would, this
3: is this is the way Mad Lab would pattern this. This is prime. i don't give a fuck right. with Jordan. It is. <laughs> by, by
0: the way, Mike, what if it, what if I give you eleven? Then be serious. Don't just know. Yeah. In his prime. In his prime. If no I give. No way, dude, what, How many points would you then. need to beat Jordan?
3: You give me eighteen in game of twenty-one. I beat him. What about sixteen? What about sixteen? Oh, you might be pushing it there. (laughs) But here's – I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. No, 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 no. I'm going to tell you this right now. All right, go. It depends if I was hot that day. Oh, God. (laughs) Because, listen, this is the way my game plan would be, bro. This is what I'm doing. Uh, Please enlighten me. When you check the ball one-on-one, you you have to check the ball from behind. No. That's the way you check. We said we're doing a regular game. No, that's the way you check. Bro, what do you do a full court basketball game one on one? No, no, no. Just none of your stupid.
0: Like you get to shoot threes. Untouched. No, no, no,
3: no, no. I'm saying if he can, if he can check the ball to me and come right towards me, mm-hmm. then he has to check the ball behind the free throw line. That's the way right, you play one on one. So I would stand you at the three point by arc. No, I would stand by the three point arc, and as soon as he checked the ball to me, I would fucking fire up a three. But
0: I mean, but I mean, you could you could get by him, right?
3: I wouldn't even try to. But Lab, Dude, let's say if you had checked ten normally, tries.
0: and he checked, and you had to. He just checked, and he was on you.
3: No, no, no. I, I might be able to throw up a sky hook or two, but. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, I had a good head fake, dude. Yeah. If you had I'm 10 sure. drives on him where you had to drive on him 10 times, do you think you could score on him at least once? Yes. How many times do you think you could score on him? I don't know, but I, if you give me 10 drives. I mean, he tries, was think... the defensive player of the year, like if, every year. If you year, give me but...
3: 10 <laughs> times to drive on him, if, if I can get him up with a head fake, yeah, but I'm, I'm not going to say that. I'm, you're asking me. In his prime, you think? Yeah. <laughs> you're,
0: listen, you're hold asking on. Hold on. In me, his prime, you think, right? We're not
3: talking about 56-year-old Jordan.
0: Oh, in his prime? Fuck no. No, no. I'm saying if you had 10 tries, do you think you could score on him nah, once in his prime?
3: No. no. If like he literally handed me the ball and he had his hand on my hip, no. What about at 42? Mm, that's still pushing it, dude. He fucking dropped 40 in an NBA game at fucking 42. I'm talking about if you're fucking <laughs> checking me the fucking ball in game of 18 to 21 and he gives me the ball back after he scores, if I'm hot that day, I'm finishing him. He's in trouble. It's a wrap. He's in trouble.
2: He's Bro, he's fucked. Jordan's dead. I'd hate to be Jordan. I'd hate to be Jordan.
3: <laughs> dude, do you realize I would never – bro. I would have that on every – I would have that on my resume.
0: Yeah, because it would <laughs> never happen because you're fucking delusional. <laughs> That's a fucking... Would you beat him in yo-yo?
3: Dude. Dude. Let me tell you something. Let me explain something to you. If mm-hmm. if I played him in pool or with a yo-yo, I would fucking literally <laughs> destroy him. You play him in a yo-yo? If I played him in yo-yo.
2: <laughs> How would you play one in yo-yo? Well, you could yeah, go, go trick yeah. for trick. Oh, okay. <laughs> How many tricks can you do? What's in your repertoire? I could do a lot. I could
3: do a lot of things.
2: Can you walk the dog? Yeah, it's easy. Oh. It's basic shit. Can you it's do not, the triangle? It's, it's,
3: it's got to be a Duncan Imperial or a Duncan Butterfly. Oh, of you refuse, we're not talking yeah, about it. Mean, I mean,
2: yeah.
0: Come on, you can't cool. use it. Who, who even uses it? <laughs> we an, are not another,
3: heathens. And then a Duncan
2: <laughs> Pearly Imperial.
3: The Duncan Imperial is a little bit more yeah. for speed, and the, uh-huh. uh, the, yeah. the butterfly is going to get you more tricks. When's um, the
2: last time you yo-yoed?
3: I actually just yo-yoed um, about a week ago <laughs> at my friend's gym. His son had one. Would I was you, showing them how to use would
2: it. Would you say you're
0: still an elite yo-yoer?
3: No, I'm not at all. Dude. But you were, were you at one time? You were, right? I was an awesome yo-yoer,
0: dude. Like if we were at Yankee Stadium, could you out yo-yo everyone in the stadium?
3: Yeah, because no one does it no more. No,
0: back then, like <laughs> the in your lost in your in your in yo-yoing. your yo <laughs> yoing in your yo-ing prime. No, nobody you're yo-yos. yo-yos. <laughs> Who the fuck yo-yos, dude? <laughs> no, I'm saying in your yo-ing prime when yo-yos were popular.
3: Yeah, because the yo-yos were never popular.
2: Yeah, they were. We we of course, course they were.
0: We all was had yo-yos
3: Yeah, but nobody took it to the levels that I. Did. That's wow. what I'm saying. So if it's like <laughs>
0: 1987, take you back to fucking young man prime. Lad. Yeah, and you're yoing prime, and you're at Yankee Stadium, like out of this sixty thousand. If I had
3: people. a bet, if I had a bet one way, I'd bet on myself.
0: Yeah, you'd beat sixty thousand people. <laughs> like, would you yo them just one by one, just bang like White Walkers, just keep. I up. had a
3: couple. I had a couple pocket moves. That, uh,
0: <laughs> did you ever get laid because of a yo-yo? Yeah. Did you no, ever get poo because
2: of I, it?
3: Let me tell you something. It was awesome. It was an awesome college fucking thing. When really? Fucking, I would bring a yo-yo into fuck. Yeah, dude. I fucking.
2: Yeah. See so you've gotten some, poo because of your yo's? Huh? You've gotten poo because of your yo-yoing, dude. I probably forget about that. You got to see the kids' pool skills. Six oh, digs the long yarn. How do you have time for all these talents? The drawback on the key, So are you dude, just a say?
0: natural at everything or do you, do you like, you know, work on your craft? Like, you I just... work on my craft.
3: I don't... Bro, See, when, not... you,
2: when you go to a job interview and they say, what's your weakness? Like, you know how they always ask that question? Do you have any weaknesses? What would you say? Zero. <laughs> With a straight face, just go zero. <laughs> but when they say, what are your strengths? Do you just list yo-yoing dunking on jordan all these different things
3: i never said i could dunk on jordan though. well by the way you want to know it. what
0: the best for those of you out there whoever looking for a job here is the mic drop answer to that question kurt just asked this just shows you who's the greatest salesman in the entire world Ask me the question, Kurt. I'm sitting Tom, at the other end of the you... table. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, let, me, yeah. let, me, let me set the scene. I'm okay. sitting at the other end of the table, a little nervous on an interview here. Want to show confidence. want to be confident without being cocky, right? Like, right, that's the right. danger. Don't want to be arrogant. So you're looking. I'm in the final stage of the interview. Now, you're going to ask me that same question, Kurt. Ready? Tommy
2: G., uh, would you be uh, able to tell us your strengths and weaknesses? No, no, no. Just say the weakness one. They always start with what you're doing. Yeah, because you've got no strengths. No, Tom, Tom, no. I'm not. Yeah. yeah, you got no strengths. Okay. Tom, could time you out, tell time us... Out. Uh, no, click, time out, time out. Click, cut. Okay, <laughs> take two. Take <laughs> two. Tom, could you please tell us your weaknesses? Interviews. Interviews. Could done. you elaborate Done, it's a done. It's done. It's over right there. You're too stupid. That's why you'll
0: never be like a person interviewing someone like that. Well, I asked you to elaborate. No, no. I, I, th- th- that was the whole point of it, that you just... Immediately, they're going to laugh. You think it mic drop? Immediately. I've done it a million times. Immediately, see, they interviews? laugh. Interviews? Yes, when they say, what's your biggest weakness? You say interviews. And they laugh. You're and you you kind of perfectionist. Smirk- no, you say interviews, Kurt. Because Bro. what you're saying is, listen, I'm so good at everything that this is my only weakness. Mm-hmm. This part. So I'm killing this. And, and this look, is it, my my that's weakness. my weakness. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, it's fucking genius. Anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't hire you. Yeah, okay. Good. You're fucked. <laughs> that's where <what> your company <laughs> will go under. Um, let's get to uh, the draft. I know you guys want to talk about the draft heavy, right? Yeah, they love this shit, dude. Well,
2: right, man, is, Mad is Mad a Knicks fan. Mad well, it's Mad funny when you Knicks fans complain about the draft being fixed when no. you literally have a fixed draft under your goddamn resume.
3: Uh, you're going to fucking be surprised at my takes, Tommy. You want Wait, do- let's do yeah, percentages that- first on this. Yeah, let's start you,
2: wanna, you want you
0: want you Hold on, by it. the way, after Now let's let's sandwich it. So, after the conversation we just had about Jordan and his father, we've all exchanged information. Where are your percentages now, Kurt? Are they the same higher or
2: lower? I I'm still the same. Okay, mad lab?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm still where I am. Okay, and I am the same, too. All right, right. we
2: accomplished nothing. Uh, Let's go
0: to the 85 draft conspiracy, NBA draft. Michael Jordan was not a sparkle in the NBA's eye. Where where, where was Jordan then?
2: Yeah, he was almost
0: a sparkle. Yeah, he was a sparkle by that point. But the darling of the NBA was a man who goes by the name of Patrick. And Patrick Ewing at Georgetown was a fucking super freak human. And MadLab wanted to suck his big cock and fucking put it in his face nonstop. So MadLab, as a Knicks fan, talking about the draft of your franchise player, please set
3: the scene on what was going on in the NBA in 1985. Well, in the early 80s, the uh, you know obviously the the um, the league was hurting big time, and in the late in the late 80s is when kind of it started getting a rise again with Jordan and stuff like that. He started bringing them back. And um, the actually, crazy Jordan thing about- was in the league, right? Was he? Jordan was eighty
0: four, I think, who started. Yeah, right? he was in the league. But I'm saying yeah, back but in, the in the early '80s, yet.
3: before him, there was really nothing. It was dry, mm-hmm. you know. And as 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 he came into the league and stuff, it obviously with the bad boy Pistons and the whole Chicago thing, that like you started becoming getting that rivalry again. You started getting like rivalries in the NBA again. The problem with the league back then that it was. A major that a lot of people didn't talk about. There was a major, major drug drug e- uh, epidemic with cocaine, yeah, and, yeah. and it was about seventy-five percent of the players in the NBA were. That's were just, insane. Yeah, I, it, that's a, that's a, that's a true number. That's just yeah. No, thrones. I'm just
2: saying that's insane. Yeah,
3: I mean, it, you know, we're we're doing coke and doing and drugs, and at that time it was really starting to be, become a problem and going into the public eye. And uh, during in '85. They had one more year left on their contract with cbs I mean that was that was a major major network that they were possibly looking Well, It was losing. like
2: their top revenue stream mm-hmm. yep. yeah it
3: was it was it was their top top revenue stream so now you got this guy in Georgetown that they were labeling as possibly the greatest NBA player of all time if he came in I mean he was just dominating every everybody and you had a market now with Detroit, you had a market now with Chicago, and you had zero market with one of your biggest powerhouses in new york so how are you going to transition this, and how are you going to um, you know, make this come into full circle where you could have CBS get behind you and sign another contract and not lose a revenue stream and kind of clean up the – and it just aligned perfectly. It was going to be Patrick Ewing in the draft, and they needed to do something, and they needed to do something quick. And I'll leave it at that, and I'll let you guys show me yeah, a little bit more.
2: Yeah, I think even CBS gave him an ultimatum that you have to clean this up or we're not renewing with you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So the funny thing, the lottery, by the way. Before you go, yeah. Kurt,
0: not only was there a cocaine problem, I think the there was like they were saying like thirty percent of the league was actually freebasing. So I mean, this this was like a level of drug abuse that was more than just like doing a bump. Like these guys were literally fucking smoking crack and shit um, in the NBA. It was crazy. I remember that when that was going on. It was this was this was when we were really little kids. We caught the tail end of it. You know, but by the time we were like ten and like eighty nine. This was still lingering, and this was from ten years from ten years before that. But go on.
3: Greg. Well, you you, you got to look at the league too. You not only the NBA. I mean, you got to look at all sports. Look at guys like Lawrence Taylor and stuff like. Kobe oh, look at
0: the Mets. The Mets, Keith Hernandez shit. and Daryl Strawberry, Dwight and Gooden. Dwight Gooden. I mean, fucking
3: yeah. Right.
2: Uh, Len so Dijkstra, the, the lottery prior to the eighty five draft was they would take what the two worst teams from each conference, and they would literally just flip a coin, and the winner got first pick. Yep. So that's when the owners started to complain, and that's when they changed it in 85. In 85, they decided, all right, we're going to take everyone that didn't make the playoffs, put their name in an envelope, put the envelope in that clear ball, and they're just going to pick the names out of the ball, right? Which alone, so, in
0: and of itself, right there, a conspiracy theorist like myself. Oh, by the
2: way, I have a new term, by the
0: way. I'm no longer okay. calling myself a conspiracy theorist. I'm calling myself okay. a conspiracy realist.
2: I thought you were agnostic prosecutor. Yeah, that, that's my religion. That's, this is oh, my that's new your religion. T- Yeah, that's I I've, I've moved that over
0: to my religion. Yes. Oh, agnostic okay. supernaturalist is the uh, religion of my cult. And yeah. uh, conspiracy realist. Do you that, have a lot of followers? And you're... Yeah, yeah. Uh, tens of thousands on this show alone.
2: Yeah. yeah they're oh, they're, all, so, they're all, all with me. All right. So the man designated to draw the name was Jack Wagner from Ernst & Whitney. He's the one that put the envelopes into the ball. E&W, which was his company, was the auditing firm for Gulf and Western, who was, Mad Lab, the owner of the Knicks. The owner of the Knicks, yeah. Right. So this guy already has ties to the Knicks, and he's in charge of putting the envelopes in the ball. So the video is amazing. You could watch the video. So when he puts the first three in, he gets to the fourth one, which is the Knicks. When he goes to put the envelope in, he kind of... Bangs it. bashes it on this metal ring that's on the ball, and it bends the corner, similar to what you see when you would mark cards in poker, right? Yep. This way you could find it. He puts that one in. He puts all the other cards in. Not one other card touches the metal piece. Only the Knicks card touched the metal piece. So he spins the ball. David Stern, when you see the video, David Stern is just staring at the ball like it's a game of three-card Monty. Looked he looked like does he was trying to it.
0: look. That, by the way, Kurt. The other conspiracy theory, and Kurtz is the right one. The mic, the corner one that you're getting into is the real conspiracy that people need to focus on. The whole reason there's two other ones: the frozen envelope and the X-ray glasses. The I whole know. reason about X-ray glasses, which is the That's most ridiculous crazy. one, is <laughs> actually because. Of how hard David Stern was staring at the ball, people thought he had X-ray glasses on because he was trying to stare through the fucking envelope. That actually, yeah, was it's like, a like when
2: point. you play three-card monty and you were you don't take your eyes right. off the cards. You're following, so he's following the Knicks card the whole time in the ball. They stop the ball. He gets to it and he lets out a huge breath. Right, and everyone's like, "Well, he must have been nervous." Well, what's he nerv- What's he nervous about? So then they zoom in on the ball. And you can actually... And this is 1985 when the cameras were complete shit. There was no HD, no 4K, nothing. You could see the Knicks card with a bent corner sticking up. Now, where it got fucked up is there was another card on top of the Knicks card. So this is where they freeze it and you see his hand going to that pile, right? So he grabs the two cards. I don't know who was on top of the Knicks. Let's say it's the Hawks. He takes the two... And he flips them real quick, so the Knicks card is on top, and then he pulls the Knicks card, and then that's how the Knicks won the draft. It's amazing to watch it was like right in front of you. You have, he, can't argue it.
3: But here's my issue with this: like, I, I have won- no, He's no, 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 no. a Knicks I, fan. Listen, no, I
2: believe that it was
3: fixed. I'm not saying I don't, but here's my issue with this. Think about how dangerous of a idea the blueprint that was they, this guy is not a young guy he's an, yes older, and he no. an older guy he was an older guy what happens if his nerves he missed that bar and he didn't bend the corner of that envelope what happens then? There's a million different avenues you could have taken to mark that envelope, to have the corner bent already, to have all, all these crazy things. What happens if he went? He can't keep it in his hand, bang it, and pull it back and then do it again? Like, well, What if he missed that bar? What would have happened then? Well,
2: A, I'm sure he practiced it a 100 times. There's no way that was his first time doing it. Second, I'm sure they had some kind of backup plan. I'm going to tell you what the backup plan was. Uh, the x-ray glasses. The x-ray glasses. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: the backup plan was actually uh, putting the envelope in uh, in the freezer. Um, some people said dry ice um, from the people that I've talked to were older and some people who actually had some more ties to, you know, people elites that would be more in the know on this stuff. Supposedly, the NYX envelope not only was uh, the one that was banged with the bent corner, but it was in the freezer and it was cold, so you could feel it.
2: Yeah, that would be funny because
0: all the other envelope, the two envelopes stuck to it, too. When it was right,
2: And that would have been tricky if he didn't see the corner and he had to feel around for the, the the cold one. That would have been a disaster. Yeah. But yeah, once you see the video, it's I'm a I'm 100 percent on this conspiracy.
3: No, yeah. I'm 1000 I'm percent. I totally, totally agree. But you know what? I don't care. <laughs> yeah, because you got Patrick. No, Ewing. no, no. Because I listen. I, because there's it, just one thing in the millions and millions and millions of things in sports that have been fixed. You
2: yeah. know, it, ever wonder it, it really how many is. things were fixed that didn't happen?
3: You know any things that were fixed that we don't even know about?
2: Yeah,
0: everything was fixed.
2: I mean, everything. <laughs> it, it really was.
0: Like, I mean, dude. I mean, just just listen to the fucking people who were around back then. You know, Franzese and all these guys in the – like, everything was – like, dude, you have to watch the Franzese interview. Uh, it's really good. We all know about it, but for like a millennial or someone like that, uh, maybe they won't have, be as familiar with it. But the Franzese interview, when he just talks about how easy it was, he's like, forget it. I mean, you have Tim Donahue. You know, when you look at Tim Donahue, there's, there's literally a referee who went to jail in the NBA for fixing games. Like, how are people still thinking that this isn't going on? Like, of course, Grandpa would tell us stories, Kurt, about how they would fix the games, about how him and his guys would pay off players and pay off trainers. And, like, God rest his soul. But, I would, come on. Like, how stupid do you have to be? You ready for this, guys? Tim Donahue, we all know who he was. He went to jail for fixing NBA games. You ready for this? And we'll go back to the draft. Tell me, Mad Lab, you'll know these names. Okay. So I'm going to give you some names. Of NBA officials, you tell me if this sounds familiar. All right. You with me?
1: Mm-hmm. All
0: right. Let me just see here. I'm trying to find it. So have you heard of Joey Crawford? Yep. Of course. Have you heard of Mike Callahan? Yep. Have you heard of Ed Malloy? Yep. Okay. Kurt, have you heard of those three officials? Uh, two of them. Okay. So that's a fucking NBA official, right? Kurt probably only knows those two names. If I name 20 more NBA refs, I guarantee you Kurt may know one of them. Right. So, Madlab knows that's all deal. three of those. I've heard of all three of them, and Tim Donaghy. So, these gentlemen have officiated a combined, like, 150 fucking finals games. M- Mad Lab, is it safe to say that these are three of the most famous officials in the history of the NBA? Yeah,
3: they're up there. Joey
0: Crawford, fucking yeah, Ed definitely, Molloy. Definitely Joey Crawford. And he's the most known for being a fucking piece of shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, everyone hates Joey Crawford and, uh, and Ed Malloy um, and Mike Callahan. What do you think they all... How do you think I'm going to tie them to Donahue, if you had to guess? Cousins? What do, you think, what, what do you think I would need to do to be able to convince you that the whole fucking officiating crew is locked in? Would it, would it help if I told you that all three of those officials, including Tim Donahue, who went to jail and admitted to fixing games, all went to
3: the same high school? Oh, wow. All four
0: that. of those officials went to Cardinal O'Hara High School in Springfield, Pennsylvania.
3: Well, I didn't know that.
0: And none of them went at the same time. Like I don't think I think there was two of them Wait, that went really? at the same time. All of them are from the same fucking high school. But not the same class. I don't think they were all in the same class. I know they all mm. went went to the same high school. That is confirmed. That is a fact. I researched that and found that they're different ages. Like Joey Crawford's not the same age as Tim Donahue.
2: Right. What
0: the fuck are the chances of that? How many officials Ooh. are there in the NBA? 50? Yeah,
1: and four crazy. of them came from that.
0: one wow. small town in Pennsylvania? Like, at different times? It's not even like they all grew up together and we're like, we're all going to become officials. And, they, like, these are all 10-year gaps between them? Not that insane. is some fucked up shit right there on yeah. Tim Donahue in the NBA. And when Tim Donahue was asked what percentage of NBA officials gamble, not saying bet on the games in the NBA, Gamble at all. Do you know what his number was that he gave? What? 100%.
3: Oh, wow. hundred.
0: Really? He didn't say 50. He didn't say 40. He said 100%. He's
3: including himself in there he's too. Including himself.
0: He said 100% of them gamble on stuff, whether it's poker or 100% of them gamble. Like, he said Stern used to go in and fucking tell them, and the, the NBA officials, he's like, they wouldn't tell you to rig the game. But what they would do before the game, they would, ha- they would send people in from the league that would come in and show certain types of plays that needed to be called. So if you had a very physical team like the Pistons, right, like the bad boy Pistons, they would show certain plays that like Mahorn and those guys would make, and they would say, these are technical fouls. Make sure that we're on top of this. We're getting a lot of heat because we're not teeing these people up. We need to tee these people up, and that's what they would do. I mean, just insane. So for, to think that every sport isn't fixed on some level, especially back then, but people go, oh, yeah. how are you going to fix the NBA today when the players are making fucking $30 million? The ref's making fucking 300 grand. Yep, That's how you fucking fix it. You don't the fix it one, through fucking Steph Curry. Is-
3: you fix it through Joey Crawford. Well, you know, the problem, your problem with this whole thing with the draft, too, that the, the, the millennials are not, not going to understand, the older people understand, is that you guys don't realize the magnitude of Patrick Ewing coming out of college. This guy was, like, considered, like, an immovable force like he was like they were looking at this guy like almost like a Wilt Chamberlain coming out of college like like your
0: like your high school peers looked at you yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so this this guy was
3: literally like just this he was a, a, a man amongst boys he was just tearing the entire league up and they were in a situation where they had chicago was taken care of detroit was taken care of they had isaiah thomas they had all these guys they and listen no matter what you guys say no matter where you guys are from new york is a fucking staple market for sports period it uh-huh. doesn't matter if it's the concrete jungle and and the world's party, most famous arena yeah, and it's it's crazy so it's, that pe- it's crazy that people still say that. I mean, because honestly they've right. been fucking shit for so many years, but it really is, you know, and at that time the they Mecca. needed they needed that. And what better platform to do it when now you had Michael Jordan, now you had Detroit, where the fuck is New York? They had Dave DeBuscher sitting there in the fucking in, in the lottery, dude, literally sitting there with his knuckles in his mouth <laughs> and the first words out of the announcer's mouth when the Knicks got uh, Ewing was uh, basketball is now back in New York. It, it just aligned perfectly. Like there was just no other rhyme or reason. If they would, if he would have went to, if they would have went to any other fucking team, the '90s would have never came to fruition like it did. Period.
2: The, the other big thing with that time frame is centers were everything back yeah. then. Now everything. centers are nothing. But with Elijah, on David Robinson, Shaq, Alonzo Mourning, centers were everything and. Ewing was the biggest prospect of right. probably the century. And the millennials
3: are looking at him, Ewing's overall career in the NBA, how you know, he was a great center, but he was never able to win a chip. You have no idea what this guy was looked at in college. This guy in college was looked at as a fucking god in college. Speaking I mean, Speaking of gods, he
2: Uncle Danny delivered shoes to him once. Remember, Tom? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he was another one who was uh,
3: considered to be a really big piece of shit. You know, really big piece of shit. Speaking he he of was tough. not a sociable guy. There was a guy that um, that my stepmother used to know that he uh, owned a deli, this guy Pat, and he said that he was, like, just a really, just not a nice dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Do, you, uh, I mean, do you guys have anything else in the 85 draft? No, that's it. no. I mean, there's It's amazing just to watch. Just draft, watch the video. Draft is something that's always going to have conspiracy theories tied to it because it's just there's so there's been too many coincidences with the NBA especially from 85 to even LeBron James, right? Like, I look, don't
2: think it happens anymore.
0: Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think as much anymore. I don't think anything happens as much anymore. But to think things happened and then stopped is, you know, what does Bobby always say in the conspiracy spots? There's nothing more permanent Everything than temporary. Is real. No, there's nothing more permanent than a temporary government program, right? Like you yeah. don't test something out and then stop it, right? Like you don't start fixing games and then fucking just stop. Refs weren't all taking money, and now none are taking money. Like you know, come on, it, it's just ridiculous. But LeBron James to the Cavs was one, obviously, because he grew up in Akron. Um, another big one back then was Derrick Rose. That was probably the big, bigger than LeBron um, because the Bulls only he was you know Memphis guy. Uh, he played at Memphis, but he was a homegrown kid. He was from uh, from Chicago. And the Bulls only had a 2% chance of getting Rose, and they lucked into him there coincidentally by some stroke of luck. Uh, you had all the shit that happened with the Cavs after LeBron. Um, the the vetoing of the Chris Paul trade. Like, There's just a lot of stuff that's gone on in the NBA. It's just the shadiest league, and it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. You got another uh, Mad Lab can accomplish here, Kurt? Or do you want to go Mad Lab,
2: if we gave you six months of prep time, could you win um, any of like the Iron Chefs, any of the cooking shows on TV?
3: Six months of prep time?
2: Six yeah. m- Is that too much?
3: No, I don't need that much. Here- <laughs> <laughs> so it is too much. Well, and let, me, let me give the, let me a little backstory. I can't I believe you restaurant. could cook too. Eat oh, 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 girlfriends.
0: I've been, in,
3: I've been in the restaurant business. Oh, for a but then you
0: have to win Iron Chef. So if of you course. Gave
3: me, if you gave me six months of prep time, I, I think I'd be, I'd be a serious contender.
0: Yeah. <laughs> At least he was modest enough to say a serious contender. So, so I can't wait till Mad Lab goes on Iron Chef. And they show the ra- <laughs> resumes of everyone, um, <laughs> culinary master, award-winning. International no, 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 no! You're wrong. Souffle. That's not
3: the Iron Chef. The, a lot of these people aren't that, dude. A lot of these people aren't that. They have fucking dudes on there that that are literally like home dads. Oh my god! I'll fucking <laughs> smoke anybody at
1: anything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what about McGregor? Could you beat up McGregor? In a street fight? <laughs> I kind of think Mad Lab could. <laughs> no, he can in, in a street fight? In either. Uh,
3: in a, in a, he's, bro, He's so street much street bigger. Fight. Bro, in a street fight. Let me explain something to you. You have no idea how little he is in a street fight. Yeah. If you think that guy's going to be able to jump up and try to grab an arm or grab my fucking throat without me picking him up and fucking slamming right him. Right now we're talking. Hold I, on I, a, like, a second. Right now. <laughs> you think I would let that guy latch onto me without me picking him up and throwing him through a fucking car windshield? <laughs> you're out of your fucking oh, it would take one fucking elbow to his fucking face from my fucking ham hock of forearms to literally send him back to Ireland.
2: What about Khabib?
0: Is Khabib's not big? That's yeah, what I'm saying. But, he's not but, small, but, but He's mm. what, like 5'9,
3: 5'10, How tall is he? Yeah, big. but in a, in a uh, that's a little bit of different. Khabib's yeah, 5'10. That's a different animal. <laughs> it's a little bit of a different of an but, animal. But I mean, listen, I mean <laughs> if
0: you want to be honest, Khabib's striking is weaker than McGregor's.
3: Yeah, but it doesn't matter. McGregor could fucking do But if you're dude, in a street fight, yeah, where like, there's I no... Tell, I if, tell everybody this. the same thing with Mayweather. Like, they said, can you beat Mayweather? I, dude, if, you have no idea. You guys got to remember, you see these guys in the cage with a guy their size. If you saw what Mayweather looked like, I don't know if any of you have ever seen him in person. If you saw him, he literally looks like a 12-year-old boy. Well, he's like 5'6", five, 5'7", five, right? But, okay. So, I mean,
0: McGregor's like 5'9". Like he's he's taller than fucking little fucking Mayweather. Wait, like, Tom,
2: you would take McGregor over Mad Lab? one hundred percent. In a street fight. In a, in you a, could, a fucking you could street fu- fight. You a
0: fight in your bathroom. I don't care what you <laughs> fight. Dude, yes,
2: you, of course. Dude, no just, way,
3: dude. I would literally fucking just be like, so much bigger. <laughs> Kurt, of course. And
2: McGregor has no ground game.
3: It doesn't matter. He'd be on his neck in a second. Oh, yeah, I would fucking literally just fucking flip him into a fucking Mazda windshield, dude. <laughs> <laughs> what about Khabib? What did you he's be a happy? different animal, dude. That dude's a different fucking animal, What do you animal, think? Bro. Street fight, you and Khabib? Nah, I wouldn't even... Nah, I mean, he's a different fucking human, dude. That dude's fucking weird. John Jones? Oh, forget no, it. No, no, no. He's Cormier? a big guy, dude. Cormier? yeah. Dude, Cormier's my boy, dude. I would never even fucking want to fight Is
2: there any, like, big name you Daniel think to Daniel Cerrone.
3: Who the fuck is Daniel Cerrone?
2: Yeah, cowboy, cowboy. Oh. Daniel,
3: <laughs> oh dude, he's got a fucking glass jaw, dude. I fucking knocked, I hit him once. He fucking be singing, fucking whistling Dixie. I you know? <laughs> can't believe I said Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you I what, was,
0: it's good. You know why I said Daniel? Because I was looking up Cormier to see how big he was, and I had Daniel Cormier up on my thing,
3: and I said Daniel instead of Donald. Do you, do you know who – let me tell you something. There's one fucking dude in his fucking prime in a street fight that I probably would put him against anybody, bro, in a street fight. Ferguson? That. No, fucking uh, boss rooting, dude. That was boss. a bad mother fucker back in the day street fighting wise i'm not talking about in the fucking cage or in the ring or anything that dude street wise dude was one of the baddest motherfuckers you've ever met dude you think you think i could beat him you yeah. of course. <laughs> of
0: course of course what about the uh, boxing conspiracy there's got to be some conspiracies in your sports no, they, there though.
2: boxing is... listen yeah well me and mad lab are on two different sides on this one how do you know because I heard you before say you don't think it was a conspiracy.
3: Well, here's the thing. This is why people are saying All right, tell conspiracy. people what it was because no one knows what we're talking about. All right, so basically back in the day, um, boxing was extreme. It still is. I mean, I don't give a fuck. Teddy Atlas is the only true voice of boxing and tells it the way it is. Boxing is one of the most extremely corrupt right. sports 100%. since the beginning of time. And you want to talk about mob ties. Boxing was just mob loaded. And back in the day in the heavyweight division, it was Sonny Liston. And Sonny Liston was a extremely, you know, mob tied guy always getting into trouble and stuff like that and you know boxing kinda needed a new look and they had this young guy Cassius Clay coming in. Um and would, he's not gonna beat Sonny Liston. The guy's crazy. I mean there was a point in time where Sonny Liston, you know, came into a bar and pointed a gun at uh, at, at Ali mm-hmm. and, and started firing shots and it turned out it was a cap gun. Nobody knows if it was staged or yep. anything like that. But it's so actually there's actually a two- video of that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see him like running yeah, out of the bar I've seen that. and and it was a new look. It was a fresh look. This guy was good-looking. He was uh, brash. He had a mouth on him. They've never seen anything like it before. But, you know, Sonny Listen was extremely tied to illegal activity. And the whole thing with that was when they signed the contract to that fight, it was a mandatory a mandatory rematch. There was a mandatory rematch clause that they that they wanted to sign for that fight. And a lot of people thought that if Sonny Liston took a dive and if Sonny Liston lost that fight, he stood to make a lot more money in the rematch. Mm-hmm. So that's where a lot of this kind of stemmed from. I don't think it was fixed. There was no conclusive evidence. There never was. There was many investigations launched on it. Uh, I personally don't think it's fixed. And if you watch a lot of Ali's fights – it was just a – he He was such a different fighter and he was so graceful on his feet and he just knew how to create so many different angles and stuff like that that it looked like there were phantom punches involved. But they're really – like he, he was just – bro, he – They've never seen anything like him since Sugar Ray Robinson. He was literally the heavier version of Sugar Ray Robinson, and that was his idol his entire career. Still to this day, pound for pound, the greatest fighter of all time is Sugar Ray Robinson. You could not compare him to, 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 to Floyd Mayweather. You could not compare him to any of these guys. A lot of these sports today, the guys are bigger, stronger, faster. Uh, you know, the Ray Lewis's, you know, back in the day, and I mean, there are certain guys like Ronnie Lott that can compete with safeties and shit today, but... There is nobody, and I will tell you this to the end of time, there is nobody today that had the speed, the grace, the power, and the just overall fight IQ than Sugar Ray Robinson. He would beat any human alive right now in his prime. Any human alive. Muhammad Ali patterned himself to this guy, and he he created this this boxing prowess in the heavyweight division that you can dance on your feet, you can be light on your feet. So a lot of the visuals that he created – seemed very, very bizarre, very off to people because they were just used to the Max Bears and the, and the Sunny listings and just these guys coming in just throwing this heat when Ali used grace and, 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 and really just, like, kinetics, dude, the way he fought. So I get what you're saying, and, and it kind of aligns the right way, but I do not think that fight was fixed. <clears throat> I, I, I just don't.
2: Okay. Tom, or, did you see the punch? Yes. So the so the punch was very shady, and then the post-conference when he kind of... I forget what he called the punch, Mad Lab, Do you know what he called it? He had a name for it. I forget. Yeah, then he's like, yeah, it's one of those punches that's very hard to see. I feel what like a fa- he phantom over... Phantom punch? Yeah, something like that. I feel like he was overselling it, and he knew it was, like, bad acting. And it was kind of just like... Like, Lynch didn't act like he just got cracked with, like, an overhand right or something, but it was really just, like, a little nudge to like the cheek almost i don't know yeah but
3: you got to remember too you got to remember in your like i don't know how well you guys follow uh anyone out there when you're fighting where there's two when you're fighting with boxing and you're fighting with like bare knuckle when you fight with bare knuckle, you have a very small window to attack your opponent. You can't attack them in certain areas because you'll break your hand. You got a very small goggle window in the eyes, and you got a, a smaller—you know—you got a small window by the jaw. So, but there are buttons. There are right. There that's, are
0: I, I'm torn on this one. <clears throat> oh wow! For
2: McGon- Tom to gone, be torn makes so, me
3: think so there th- isn't. Th- there are buttons that you can that you can hit, and you don't have to hit it that hard. It's almost like look, guys when when you're up at the, uh, the plate and you. Tear into no, a you ball. You barrel it, right. And, and your fucking hands don't vibrate. It feels like you didn't even hit it, but that fucking ball goes. And you just know you got that ball on the meat of the fucking bat. It's gone. It's the same thing with boxing. It's the same thing. If you create that perfect angle and you catch somebody right on that button, you don't need a lot of power to shut him off. You don't, and Ali was a master at that. He was a master at creating those angles and just catching you with the right timing on the button. You just need the right full extension. You need the right angle, the right spot, and you could shut somebody off. I mean, listen, they always said that if you take a baseball bat and you did a full swing, a baseball swing at somebody in the side, it's going to hurt them. It's definitely going to fucking hurt them. But if you take the baseball bat and you poke them with it, it's going to hurt them more because you're you're getting a smaller drive. You're you're, you're hitting a smaller area where all that – all that impact is hitting that smaller area. Dude, you can knock somebody out with a jab if you hit them on the fucking... And
0: that's the thing. That's the reason why I'm torn on it. Because in all the times of, you know, not only being in fights, but we... I mean, it's much different nowadays. Like, when I was younger, we'd watch boxing, Kurt, right? Like, you know, when Dad was around, we used to always watch the HBO boxing in the living room every... But it was, like, once a week, right? And it was, like, every couple months there'd be a big boxing fight. Nowadays, we're watching MMA nonstop, right? Like, every week, we're watching UFC... And we're watching hundreds of fights over the course of a year. So we're in almost overload. Lab, you trained in all this shit. So it's obviously, you know, you know, without any of that. But you see it all the time in MMA. You see a guy just get caught, you know, and it's not always the biggest punch. The one thing about the Ali thing that I'm actually, I wouldn't say I'm leaning one way. I'm probably leaning that it wasn't. Believe it or not, one of the first conspiracy theories ever is going on. Yeah, I I don't. Just because he did hit him in the button. He hit him on the chin. He hit him in the spot where you could go out. If he hit him in the side of the head with that same punch, I'd have said no way. If he hit him in the front of the head, on the nose, anything, he did hit him right on the button. He hit him right on that spot on your jawline where you see guys drop consistently in boxing and in MMA. Listen, I'm I'm 49% yes, 51% no. Mm, Kurt. First time I'm ever, I'm ever on the non-conspiracy side of an event.
2: The mandatory rematch request is shady. The odds were seven to one at the time. What would? Do you know the purses by any chance? How much Actually, they were making? Just shut off, dude. Hold on, hold on. Mad Lab, shut off. Hold
0: on, <laughs> <laughs> Mad Lab just called me. <laughs> <laughs> put him on speaker. <laughs> no, hold on, hold on. Let me put him on speaker so he can say goodbye. We're wrapping up here <laughs> because that should just shut off. I'm like, hello. <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah we're, we're still recording, so we just want you to be able to say
3: goodbye to the people. <laughs> Welcome to the pod. Oh, all right. Well, I, I didn't. Okay. People, my computer just took a <laughs> fucking shit, like diarrhea after eating White, white Castle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all
0: right, is there any, any final words, Mad Labs? So no, thanks,
3: guys, for having me on. I'll be back, motherfucker. The king is back. The king is back. <laughs>
0: all right, Lab, Go fuck yourself. <laughs>
3: I'm sitting here about to ask him a question. Kurt, and my <laughs> How'd phone
2: you know he rings. dropped off?
0: And my phone rings and it says, "Man, like, laughing." going on, you know. I, what are the odds right now that his whole fucking recording is gone?
2: Oh, this. I don't know if this podcast is going to come out. I mean... There, this you, might be one of the lost episodes. I
0: think we're looking at, like... Like, if you had to bet on one side or the other, if it was uh, even money, that there's going to be some issue with Mad Lab's recording that stemmed uh, yeah. from that drop.
2: It crashed and erased everything. Uh, I, I think there's a 20% chance this podcast comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I... Because did he stop his recording on know, Zoom? Dude. Is it still going? I Does he know, know when dude. to stop?
0: I, I told him. I taught him how to plug the Zoom recorder. I taught him how to plug yeah, it dude, in. Dude, yeah, I had to teach him how to plug something in. How to plug the Zoom recorder into the computer so it's not running on batteries. Yeah. You know, like, it's got a battery pack under it, and it's fucked. So I don't even know if this thing got saved, dude.
2: Yeah, so, well, we're if this is live well, wait a minute. and on... I think
0: I am recording on Zoom, so... Oh, he dropped off that, but that'll be fine. So, if this recording ended up being shitty, then I'll just tell everyone. I don't
2: know recording. if the Zoom is working because it doesn't highlight my name when I'm talking. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't, know I don't know if that's if, working either. I don't know if that's working either. We may be either. talking
0: to ourselves. Who knows? And uh, hopefully, at some point, you guys are hearing this conversation between me and my brother uh, because that means you got through the podcast, Kurt.
2: Yeah. So, what we're going to do is we didn't have Bob or Ben on. Uh, Bob couldn't come on. Ben said he didn't know much about these topics. We're going to shoot for Monday. It's highly unlikely because Tom is usually dead to the world on Monday. Yeah, buddy. And we could do um, a bunch of stuff that's going on right now. We got a
0: lot of shit. We could do the, uh, I mean, Jesus Christ, there's so much conspiracy stuff. So, yeah, we're going to bang out a hardcore conspiracy one uh, early in the week for you guys next week. Now that football's ending, we'll be able to get back on a more regular schedule, too. I'm going to try and bang out two of these a week with you guys. Uh, no which, chance. Listen, do not quote me on that. It'll probably there be one every no, six weeks. If you get
2: two a month, I'd be impressed. Yeah, that's
0: impressive. That's impressive. I have a busy This man.
2: one almost didn't happen. This
0: almost came late. Yeah. <laughs> and, we, and we probably just lost it, so it probably never did. Yeah, happen. and
2: it probably won't happen.
0: If it didn't happen. It's like yeah, fucking fair enough. We're in an alternate universe. But uh, there will be more also working on a, a home for No Mercy dot com a home a home a little home for no mercy to live you know what I'm talking about I know nothing oh, okay well we're doing some other stuff Kurt doesn't even know because he's an idiot but more stuff coming uh, once we get through the new year football season's a fucking nightmare trying to get Jeff Manns back on some of the pods but make sure you guys check out because you do have access to us as Kurt said at the beginning of the show elitefantasy.com uh, me and Jeff are doing the Friday night show today's Friday right that's tonight oh, that fuck. Is tonight
2: are you uh, doing a show tonight yeah we're doing a show tonight there so you if go. you're
0: hearing this now Go over to EliteFantasy.com, sign up, and uh, listen to me and Jeff do the show tonight, 7 o'clock. Uh, Elite Sports Betting, every Tuesday and Thursday, 1 p.m. Me, Rob, and a tons and tons of guests uh, going over there doing the sports betting stuff for free. Giving you guys free betting picks all around the year. Doesn't matter what sport. Uh, we'll cover it. Hit us up on Twitter, at the bod, No NoMercy, at NoMercyPod, and at TommyG. And, Kurt, any final words for the people?
2: Uh, voting will be next week i i'm gonna ask you right now should we include mad lab in co-host of the year or is it too late oh see i think this i think he did finish second last year one it's gonna have to depend on whether his this
0: episode even gets out that's true yeah but i mean i don't i don't think i mean
2: i don't know that hurts you that kills me really cuts into (laughs) your your viewership I'm basically out if Mad Labs. Well, I mean, in.
0: we could. Oh, but, you know, I was going to say we could separate it for conspiracy co host of the year. Yeah,
2: I might have to do that. But this, well, was, I a, mean the this was a conspiracy episode. Oh, shit. That's right. Uh, he didn't make it through the whole episode, so I don't think he qualifies. You have, to,
0: you have to complete a full game. Yeah, if you can't complete a
2: full episode, you don't qualify. You have have and an MadLab has dropped out of every episode we've ever done.
0: You have to have an hour and 40 minutes of vlog yeah. time in order to qualify. Yeah, so he's out. He never makes it through. Like even when he keeps his energy up, dude. I heard what you said before when you said the forty-minute mark. If yeah. you guys, if you guys are paying attention, if you rewind it back to like what is probably the forty, it was like thirty-nine, thirty-ninth on your recording or thirty-seventh by the time we plug the intro into the front of it. Lab is notorious for coming out the gate hot and then fading. And uh, 40 minute mark when I was asking him if he's there. <laughs> well, I heard you go.
2: Oh, must be 40 minute mark. <laughs> but he actually tried and he sounded like he made it the whole way through until he dropped off at another of Well, nowhere.
0: that's the thing. Yeah, if he does keep, and he did, he did a great job of keeping the energy up for once. And now he kept the energy up and then his fucking the computer fell apart. <laughs> so, anyway, for the BOD, I am Tommy G. We'll be back with Bob's Lessons and Benjamin doing some hardcore Kevin Spacey conspiracy shit. Fucking. Uh, Satanism. Oh, there's so much stuff. We have a list Ooh, of things. Oh, I upped
2: like, my Q percentage. Oh, yeah? I'm up to 73% now a believer.
0: Oh, of Q. All right. A lot of Q proofs Q coming out. We're going to get into some Antarctica and some aliens, all kinds of shit coming up. So uh, always feel free to tweet at us with topics that you guys want to cover. Uh, love talking about that shit. So we'll be back early next week with all that. So for the BOD, for Mad Lab, I am Tommy G. Good luck. Stay questioning, motherfuckers.
1: Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. No mercy.